1159 at Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. And welcome everybody to our Daily Gun Show. We come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern. And we talk about guns for an hour or sometimes a lot longer than that. And uh, we go live every weeknight uh, so that we can uh, have the conversation all night long here about uh, what our Second Amendment protects. On Mondays, uh, our goal is to talk about the nuts and bolts behind the scenes. We bring on people to interview when we can. And we're having... Uh, uh, Gizzard joining us again. Um, we're just talking off air, and we have chatted with Gary a while back. But um, I think what we were actually chatting about, and I was like, "Hey, why don't you come on again, and, and we'll just chat about what you've been doing." I know the couple of things recently you've helped me with, but I'm trying to remember now. Um, what if you can remember what it was that we had in mind uh, a couple of weeks back when we started thinking about this? If there's something I'm forgetting, but otherwise. The Gizzard, thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah. Gary has a uh, chat on Fridays, and I'll let him say hey and give a brief introduction and get into it. Oh, anyway, thanks. Sorry, I interrupted you there. I interrupted you there right off the bat, but uh, thanks for joining us. <laughs> thanks for having me. I'm Gizzard Gary. I think most of you out there know me, but if you're new to me, I've been around YouTube for oh, about five and a half years doing uh, 2A and gun related content. Uh, reviews and live streams. Uh, I do a, a live stream every Friday night called Foul Territory at 9 p.m. Central and uh, been doing some uh, knife reviews, gun reviews, uh, some uh, range footage and stuff like that. So a little bit of everything for everybody. So, so thanks again for the mile again. We chatted months ago, a little while ago, and kind of just talked about your motivations, what you're doing, talked about, I usually ask people why you do what you do and then how. And that's sort of what I figured we'd expand on tonight. You've been doing a bunch of interesting things. Um, so again, if I'm forgetting something specific, we can definitely include that. But Gizzard has the, the Friday night show. I think that's a unappreciated uh, contribution to the community. Uh, by the folks that will devote time to hosting shows uh, like that to bring people together, uh, especially over any amount of time. When times are good, it's nice to have a place to, to know where people are at and gather, uh, like a tavern or like a, uh, a marketplace or, uh, you know, like a, a town square, like a bulletin board. You know, having a place that creates some tradition that uh, gives us some dependability is, is, is taken for granted, I think. But I think most people would, would agree that it's uh, very much appreciated. So over time, at least in my experience, you know, I can't see everything that's out there, but I certainly know what I'm involved in, what I'm interested in. And there's been just a few, really. I could count them on two hands for sure, maybe even on one hand. But uh, Mr. Knives and Pink are out there. Uh, once in a while, you see them in the chats. Uh, they're two of the big pioneers on the social platforms creating community, like bringing people together over a long time, 
without a lot of like rules or I don't want to say rules, but like barriers to entry, if that's the right word. You know, you don't put a lot of qualifiers. You know, if you're as long as you're polite and civil, then you're welcome to chat. You know, we're talking about guns, but other topics, you know, Jason topics get brought up all the time. We're all fun human people. So, you know, we talk about food and everything else. But um, anyway, I think that it's uh, often unappreciated when people are doing these things. So I like to shine some light and say thanks and then give people a chance who might show up live to ask questions for you as the host of a show like that. But there's that aspect of it. And then you're also uh, now retired. So you've got your project, which you've been doing for a while as a hobby. And I'm curious to find out from you what you'd like to share about because I'm ghosting here, I'm giving you a bunch of topics, like shotgun and some topics at you. But uh, you've got the projects that you've been doing as a hobby or as a side thing, and now you've got more time to spend on. And I'm curious, you know, what that evolution or transition will be like. And then uh, your travel. You know, there's a lot of people that do stuff, and traveling around is one of those things that, I think a lot of people would like to do and it's something that isn't necessarily easy to juggle but um you know it's one of those things you can can it can be accomplished and you've been doing that now for a while so i thought maybe you know especially since we got nra coming up this week we chat a little bit about that so I'm, i know i'm throwing a bunch of topics at you there but that's just to give people who are participating in the other side of this on the other side of the internet that are listening live you know, we do these things. Like Gary does these things as live conversations, nothing scripted here. So be part of this show. I'm going to give the mic back over to Gizzard without putting you on the spot. You know, you're not here to give us a speech or nothing. It's not a Gizzard talk or a TED talk. But, uh, you know, um, I don't know, grab into any of those, bite into any of those. But, you know, again, you, the, the host of the show, the, the transition from your project from, I don't want to say from hobby to whatever, but, you know, the transition of your hobby now that you're, have more time to spend on it and then uh, uh, traveling. Well, I think, uh, I think the extra free time since I've retired has allowed me to concentrate on more of the uh, gun and gear review side of things. Uh, I've started, started to do a lot more stuff in related to knives. Uh, I did a lot of shorts and, uh, also doing some reviews of knives and gun stuff. And just recently, I've gotten a uh, a new pistol to review, so I've been working on that. But being able to travel, like I traveled to SHOT Show in January and traveling to Indianapolis for NRAM this week, it all kind of comes together in that respect because when you're at these bigger shows, you can network with companies who can who can provide you with things to review or you can work with. So uh, it's an opportunity to go, well, quite frankly, to uh, spend some time behind the camera, recording some video for later use, uh, networking with different companies for the possibilities of maybe, you know, obtaining things for review or working with them. Well, quite frankly, on promotions, and uh, stuff like that, because it's all kind of part of the ball game. We put we put companies' products on video and on still pictures, and we put them on social media. And the consumers, that being everybody who 
watches a show like this or follows channels like this on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, get a chance to consume that content and kind of view the world through our eyes. So you get to see products, you get to see things that perhaps you haven't seen face-to-face, -face, and we can give you our take on it and stuff like that. That's kind of the purpose of me doing these things. It's kind of like I'm kind of the eyes and the ears of the people who watch my channel. So in a nutshell, that's what I've been doing. Now I'm still maintaining the uh, Friday night show and I'll probably continue to do that because I love doing that for one thing. I think it's kind of part of the essence of what Gizzard Gary is, is we do live content once a week. Used to be twice, but at least once. Uh, because I enjoy the interaction with people. I enjoy that aspect of it. But I also enjoy the challenge of producing static content out there that people are enjoying getting views on and maybe help them to make intelligent decisions as to the kind of things they want to pursue. So... In a nutshell, that's how things have changed for me since I retired. I have more time to just, you know, pick the perfect day, set up the studio just like I want to, to do A, B, or C, or go wherever I need to do to do A, B, or C. And uh, it's it's been a learning curve, and I've relied on my friends. I see the gun snubs out there. He and... Uh, he and the rest of the hens have been a great help in uh, pointing me in the right direction when I, you know, have roadblocks. We've also, uh, we've opened up doing uh, review channels. Uh, I have a review channel out on YouTube now, a second YouTube channel called Gizzard Gary Reviews, and particularly use that for uh, just purely gun and gear reviews and maybe some other things that... Uh, some things that we promote and stuff like that out there. So uh, just kind of a little bit different vehicle that people can go just for reviews. So, and that's working out real well so far. It hasn't been a huge success, but probably bigger than I anticipated, to tell you the truth. So I'm uh, trying, to, trying to do some new things, maybe... You know, i worked a little bit more on my Amazon store and stuff like that. So a little bit of everything out there just to uh, just put my feet in the water, so to speak. And uh, it's working out well. Sorry to leave you hanging there. I was typing and I can only type and click it separately. And I had to finish typing there. So, uh. I'm throwing a couple of questions in because I didn't want to just like interrupt you as you're talking. But um, I've got some questions along the way, and I saw a couple of the other people made some points. So I've starred, or I can star those. So we're using StreamYard to uh, have this conversation, and that's how I'm able to bring up the comment from the live chats out there up on the screen right now. Um, okay. So let me go. So Gunpowder Beauty is saying, that she makes content for her mostly. And that goes back to one of my questions as you were talking there 
my question there was um, who do you make class I, I put in here who do you make content for and that's as you were talking about the the live conversations I think and that's the question is really like is when you're when you're making content and you make a lot of different content so I guess there might not be or there might be more than one answer to this but do you make it for the people that you know in the live conversations or are you making it for I don't know what to call it, like the typical, like the, the standard audience person, especially when you just kind of mentioned at the end of your description that you've got a new channel, Gizzard Carry Reviews, we just dropped a link to it in here. Um, so that you've got, a, we'll talk about that a little bit if you're okay with it, but sure. um, you know, like a channel that isn't gun related for lots of different strategy reasons and tactical reasons for development of content. Um, so are you, when you're creating stuff, you know, obviously that a little bit, there's a tactic there that you're not, I doubt it was because you wanted to reach that audience, but because of the way that this the environment is in 2023 on YouTube, at least it's strategically smarter to have, if you want to win the game to have more than one battle going on, right? Like or right. have more than one skirmish. So you've got that to do something else. So like I say, I don't, I don't think your motivation there, I'm kind of assuming your motivation there isn't because man, I really needed to have more, you know, camping or knife viewers. But I guess the question is, you know, are you doing stuff for the people who you know? And I'm guessing the people you know most are people you either literally know in real life from like the gun channels crew or the different communities that are out there. Gun channels, I still call it the gun channels people because a lot of us know each other and we're still all kicking, but there's lots of other communities out there that you're a part of for sure. So is it the people that you know personally and like, and I can't answer this myself. So I'm asking you because I'm curious, but you know, are you you're like, Oh, I, I think somebody, you know, I know somebody who might like this knife or is it, you know, on a knife, knife review at least, or is it, Oh, this is a knife that would be good for that audience. Or is there a third that I'm missing? Like, you know, are you making stuff for a person who you don't know? Or is there some other fourth way? You know, is there something else there? So I guess what's the target when you're creating content? Who well, I, I think I have to try to <clears throat> at least try to appeal to a broad cross-section of the audience out there. And in order to do that, you have to have a decent working knowledge of how things work. If you're going to talk about knives, you have to know the proper terminology. You got to know what specifications might be important to somebody who's looking at a knife. What's the difference between a, say, a frame lock and a uh, liner lock, you know, or something like that? What's the advantages of one versus the other? So, uh, and it all depends on who's using the equipment, what they're using it for. The yeah, pistols are a lot the same way. So, uh, you don't you don't want to dumb it down too much. You want to have enough technical stuff out there that somebody who knows a little bit about what they're doing can say, oh, okay, it checks off this, this, and this. But at the same time, you don't want to go so heavy on information that you make it boring. Um, and on the stuff on my review channel, unlike on the YouTube side where I would do a I would do a knife short and just put music to it and there'd be no narrative. If you view a similar video on my reviews channel, you're going to hear me talking about it. And it may be just a short, but I'm going to put a little bit of a narrative in there about the highlights of what I think is important about this knife or this gun lube or 
goodness knows what you'll see a review on there, but I'm going to tell you, you know, here's the highlights about it. What I maybe what I like, you know, stuff like that. So why I would be attracted to it. So, but as far as who my audience is, you know, it's really hard to say. I kind of every every time you talk to a camera, I think you kind of envision somebody on the other end of that screen. But I know, I know who my live audience is pretty much on my on my live streams, but on my static content, it could be anybody. And I've had comments from everybody from bigger channels to people who don't have any subscribers at all. And I envision somebody being much like me five or six years ago, having very little knowledge about some of these things and they're trying to learn. So I want to appeal to them too. So it, it's kind of how you present things. And I'm probably not the most perfect uh, video person, but I try to, I try to uh, present things. If I'm filming something, I want to get it in decent light so you can see it. I want to have it clear enough to where you get a good look at it and stuff like that. And not spend too much time with my face on the screen because if I'm reviewing gear, you don't, you might hear me talking about it, but you don't necessarily need to see my face for a long period of time. Uh, I think you want to see the product. You might want to see it in use. That's a big thing to some people. If they want to, they see a flashlight review and the gun's not pointed this out to me, take it outside and shine it somewhere where you can see what the beam looks like at a distance. And that's a very valid point. You know, for some people, that's what they want to know. You know, so is it a, you know, is it a white beam? Is it a more of a yellow beam? Is it focused? Is it a broad beam? You know, what's the throw on it? So a lot of people want to know these things. So you got to keep in mind, sometimes they want to see it in action. So if you can, and I need to do some more of that, I'm trying to figure out a good place to do it. But that's something I'm going to do is some more stuff of gear in use things because that can be important to some people they make decisions based on that so i try to keep stuff like that in mind when i'm doing videos as far as the entertainment side especially the stuff i put on the gizzard gary channel uh that's more of a you know here's a knife i saw at nram you know, this is going to be coming out soon, so here's kind of a sneak preview of this empty squat whatever knife or this empty squat gun that's coming out in a couple months. You know, just a, kind of a sneak peek type thing. And there, it's not necessarily so heavy on the specs as a good look, make it look nice, put some nice timely music to it so they'll enjoy watching it and stuff like that. Or if you're doing... You know, I do stuff like that all the way to on the review side, doing two or three minute reviews on stuff. So it's kind of a, it all depends on what I'm making and who I'm making it for. But I don't have any one particular genre of person in mind. Right, I appreciate that. And like I said, I don't really know when I'm asking these, if they're even the kind of questions people are going to get anything out of. I'm just kind of curious myself because I am. Um, like I said, I don't know if I could answer that one. And I was wondering, you know, if you might have been uh, answered it 
you know, some way that I hadn't thought about, but it, that's kind of how I kind of expected. That's probably about what I think a lot of us are doing. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, like I'm, I know that when I'll like look around, let's say, you know, it's hard to think of an example, but if, you know, we're in a live conversation and I don't know, like you mentioned a liner lock or something like a frame lock. If, if let's say we were in a conversation six times, you know, so for some reason I remembered the fact that nobody knows the difference between a liner lock and a frame lock. And I was at some place and I went, Oh, look at how giant that frame lock is. Or like, that's a pronounced something, you know, thing I can show the difference here. Um, you know, that's something where I might be narrow casting or you know, instead of broadcasting, like narrow casting that to people I know. And I don't know, I think that's usually, at least in my experience, that's a good thing because that's where you find things when you're addressing some unique and question, you find those things that are off the norm or off the beaten path sometimes that the typical recipe isn't going to say, oh, you know, like take a minute and really go into that. You know, you're just going to go through the different locks. You're not going to think about how, I mean. I don't know, but, you know, it might not be a bad idea someday for, you know, for new people, what are the different kind of lockups on a knife? What is the difference? You know, sometimes you might throw that video out there too. It's not a bad idea for the Gizzard Gary channel, you know. But I'm still learning a lot of things. Knife steel, for example, <clears throat> a lot of those numbers that people throw out, you know, that's D2 or, it's, you know, different kinds of steel. What are the advantages? Some are harder, some are softer, some retain an edge longer. Some are easier to sharpen, et cetera, et cetera. And there's always something new coming out. So that's something that I'm not a real expert on, but I'm trying to learn as I go on that. I do know what budget steels are versus the more high end, but I also know that most people do just fine with a with an upper end budget steel. So it all depends on how much money you want to spend. You know, when you're buying stuff, well, guns, knives, too, you've got stuff ranging from the fairly low-priced all the way up to extremely high-priced, and what you end up with in the end has to be, you know, what it's worth to you. So it's hard for me to say, you know, don't ever spend more than $50 on X, because if you're if you got your heart set on a three or $400 one and you've got the means to afford it, who am I to say? whether you should have that or not. Of course you should, if that's what you want. Yeah. Talking about like a knife or a flashlight or keychain, mm -hmm. anything that you carry around with you constantly, or that's in your pockets all the time, you pick up and use all the time. Uh, I forget how long it goes ago, but at some point my friend was like, uh, just a friend of ours, you know, it's like, you know, I'm buying this really expensive knife and we all gave him a little bit of crap, you know, what are you buying all this, you know, there's hundreds, a couple of hundred dollar knife. I'm like, you're going to lose that, of course, right? You're going to buy a couple hundred dollar pocket knife, you're going to lose it. But essentially, his reply was, I work at the shop and I pull out this knife daily and I'm sick of pulling out like a 25 cent box cutter knife, essentially, you know, because it's practical or whatever. Like, I want to start enjoying it, you know, there's only X amount of time you got in your run and what's money for. And I want to, you know, I'm a grown man, I haven't lost my life in life in a while. Uh, it's not like, you know, I'm prone to losing my knives every week or anything. So I'm buying a knife I like. 
And as far as I know, I mean, he probably has bought a couple more. I don't think he's like quite to the point where he buys expensive knives just to own them or anything. But uh, he may have bought one other, you know, different one. But he's had a pretty nice knife and, you know, he's not the one you're going to ask, hey, I need to shove something. I need a knife to shove down into this can of paint. You know, he's not going <laughs> to offer his knife for that kind of stuff. But, you know, he doesn't care if you know, he's using it or whatever. But anyway, I get, I get, I get that. So if you're going to carry around a nice flashlight or you carry around a flashlight every day, carry around a nice one. And I totally understand having something. If you're going to use it and you want it to be dependable and rugged, you got to pay for that. And I'd rather pay U.S. workers personally. So, you know, I'd rather pay a little bit more or at least usually end up paying a little bit more. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's a consideration for a lot of people. It's funny you mention that, though, because... If you'd have watched my videos, then I'm sure somebody could dig up an old video of me from Foul Territory a couple of years ago saying, I've never owned a knife that cost more than $25 in my life. And for the longest time, that was true. So I've been on that side of the equation, too. I totally get that. I was afraid to lose knives and couldn't see why you'd want to spend that much. So, yeah, I I understand that. Uh, I put it out there if anybody wants to ask any, is there any questions? So we do have a couple here. I won't monopolize them. The first one came in from Snob before. It says he heard Gizzard is selling everything and buying a Sprinter van to see the country. I'd definitely be down for that if that's for real. So yeah. is that for real? And what kind, when are we buying this van? That, 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 is, that is an inside joke among the hens. They've been saying that ever since I retired that I should... I should just sell everything, buy a Sprinter van, and see the country. So, they're still trying to talk me into that. I don't know about selling everything, but, you know, you buy a van that's comfortable for your budget or whatever, and, you know, I could see it either way. I ended up with a van that was, I want to say, you can't remember anymore, put out a loan for it, but I think it was four grand. And I think that's where it was a kick in the nuts because then I ended up buying the transmission. So it was seven grand. So I, let's just say I should have bought a $10,000 van. So, you know, a used van, 10 grand. If I would have bought a 10 grand van, right? What I ended up putting about 10 grand into, you know, it's not going to wood. It's lasted me for a while. That's not exactly what you'd need or anything. But, you know, just going on the idea that you could go with uh, something used that you wouldn't have to sell everything for, right? You could just own this right. thing and use it. Uh, or, uh, maybe you know, capitalize on the time you have and the and the uh, abilities you've got. You may not be able to hear it, but my co-host is over here somewhere. <laughs> um, I was telling Gizzard I gave them both bones today, and they spent most of the day chewing on them at first, and then worrying about which one had the other ones, and then getting all upset when the other one had two at the time, and so they're all pretty, they're both pretty tired right now. Um, so anyway, the, uh, you know, if you were to capitalize on the time you've got and, you know, get, let's say, a bunch of sponsors and stuff and like turn it into something that, you know, was able to be an adventure or something that wasn't a big deal. And now uh, you are buying a new one or somebody's hooking you up with a new one. So I guess what I'm saying is if cost wasn't the issue or you decided to do something that was in your budget, is that something that you even have interest in? You do travel. One of the things I was even asking you about tonight is traveling and being a channel that does go do things. Um, is that something that you would have interest in, or is it more than you're looking to? I could see something like that happening in the future, to be honest. You've seen yeah. uh, 
Hunter HD Gold. Maybe that's the gold model or the gold standard to set, like, because he's got a pretty nice, I don't know if that's an actual, what it's not, say, a, uh, I don't know necessarily if it's a sprinter van, but it's not, it's a, it's a nice modern van where you could stand up in it. Yeah, I, I didn't even know when they brought that sprinter van. That's a term I had never heard before. But yeah, that's what it is. Basically, it's got a top on it. See, it's a little taller. I think I like the new Amazon trucks. It's kind of mixed between a bread truck and a van. It's like the new square boxy delivery vehicles. But they're super nice for making a little van out of a what do you call it? Like a little RV out of. But you can stand in them. You can probably... Okay, so let me ask you this. If you were going to do something like that, would you set it up, wrap it? It's like Gizzard Gary Mobile. You're going places. Maybe it's a mobile studio. Maybe you sleep in it, but you're going hotel to hotel. Are you doing it that way? Or are you doing it like the way I would go? Stealth camp. The thing looks like a van. Is that a delivery van? Is that guy here to check the internet connection but you know you're sleeping in it you're you're saving money you're uh arriving at events and you've got your studio but if you need to you've also got your bathroom in there and your your little mini apartment which way would you take it yeah i would probably go the latter i'd probably go towards the stealth aspect of it i'm I say I'm not one to plaster my name all over everything, and here I am uh, driving a Jeep with a personalized plate that says Gizzard on the back of it, so I'm kind of a hypocrite. But that's not so much to shout out myself. It's kind of just a fun thing I did when I retired because it's just something I always wanted to do. But, uh, yeah, I would really probably just it would look like any other van. I know. Um, uh, I think I'm I'm done with that. I'm feeling like I might have missed something in that direction. But if we miss something, if I'm definitely if I'm missing somebody's comment or question out there, if I'm missing something I should have asked, feel free to let me know. Going back to one of mine, then I was going to ask you this when I was thinking about this because I I think what happened is I we talked about doing this show. Lost the comment. I think we talked about talked about doing the show weeks ago, and then I totally forgot and never set it up. And then you were on the show, and I'm halfway through the show. I was like, "Wait a minute, weren't we supposed to do this?" And that might happen twice, even. So we've had plenty of time to uh, think about these questions. So here it was. Um, the question I was going to ask, and I was going to try to figure out a way to do this in a poll. So probably. I'm going to ask the question, but I'm also going to ask it very slow and jump over to the live feed and make it into a poll also and ask one of my other questions. But I'm essentially asking you and the audience now, what is Gizzards's mix? Like if he had a three band equalizer here with his live show, his gear reviews and the, um, I guess the community side, the you know, hanging out and being a community, I don't want to say leader, because I don't think you'd call yourself that. And I don't think you're trying to do that. But, you know, in a way you are because you're creating the place. But, you know, like a lot of people, there's not like one leader, right? But a community 
host, I guess, you know, and that's a certain amount of time and effort. I don't know. People must appreciate there's some amount of time and effort. You know, he's, he's the one who's there every Friday. We may, may or not be, but except for when, you know, the rare instance, I don't even remember last time you missed a show, but aside from like when you're traveling or something, you're there. So there's a lot of concession made on the part of the host for that kind of thing. So if that's one of the bands on the equalizer, the next one is the gear reviews. And I guess the third one is the travel. And if I'm mixing, missing something here, because I'm trying to talk and think at the same time, uh, what would you describe as like, I can put up to four things in here. What would you say is your three bands on the equalizer? Or if I'm missing it and there's four, what would the fourth one be? Don't answer the question yet, but just I'm going to put it out there as a poll to see what people think. And then I'll ask you what you think you're. Okay. Okay. So what are the three things? Uh, the live community stuff. Yeah, that was one of them. And then you said. The kind the gear reviews. The gear reviews. Yeah. And then travel, I believe. Yeah, because I think there's, I call it travel, but I should be calling it like an event reviewer, right? Someone right. who shows up and, and brings the event, not like, I'm going to go there and capitalize and exploit the event, but like, I'm going to go there and turn my cameras on, go to the event, and then again, immediately knowing I'm going to have this live conversation, you know, and then when you're there, obviously people are there and they know that they're going to be talking to you on your show, so you're leading up to it. So anyway, I'm going to say the whole like event coverage. And again, that takes a whole bunch of time because I mean, it does. It, it costs money and you don't necessarily get a return unless you've got somebody sponsoring your trip or your hotel or something. Um, no, so when you're at when you're at a show, you're spending quite a bit of time just walking back and forth on the floor from this booth to that booth, asking questions, making contacts perhaps filming content and stuff like that. And then you're going back to the, you're going back to your motel or Airbnb or whatever at night and you're editing content and you're putting in several hours a day, actually doing work for your channel while you're there. It's not like you're just sitting beside a pool, you know, soaking up the rays. <laughs> Well, no, and you're not at an event hanging out with people. It does alter your event, your coverage of the event, and your experience at the event. And, you know, those are decisions. And you're not making them blindly anymore. I mean, we started doing that stuff back in eight. So, you know, making those kind of situations occur. So those those have been in the, in the realm. So, you know, you know, to some extent, you know what your options are going in. You can make some decisions and Anyway, so I think what I'm going to, I think the way, thank you to everybody for being patient with me here, but I'm, I'm going to call it, what do you look to Gizzard for? And then we got live community gear reviews and event coverage. And then I'm going to put the fourth one as something else, leave a comment. And then that way I think it works for a general whatever. And when I came over here, I noticed that Darren uh, gifted five memberships. So I don't know if Gizzard, are you, I'm going to ask you another question here in a minute, but uh, I'm assuming Gizzard isn't simulcasting or whatever it's called. No, I'm not. Um, but uh, I'm wondering that just as soon as I saw that Baron put five gift memberships out there, thanks for that. Um, anybody who is not, a, uh, what do you call like a uh, partner channel with YouTube, somebody that isn't getting paid by YouTube, uh, you're eligible 
And if you're eligible and you haven't received one, if they're not all gone already, the robot will just start assigning them to the people that are most active in the chat. So you're, you're encouraged to be active in the chat. The robot will see that you're saying stuff. And then Baron's memberships, his gifts memberships will attach to your account for a month, essentially. So thanks for that. That's helping our channel out and it's giving people access. And we give special perks to our channel members. So thanks for that. Um, kind of went off on a tangent there with the, with the question, but I'm going to let that cook so that you can think about it and we can let people have a chance to answer it. And then I'm going to take a quick question since I just thought of it as we were talking there, StreamYard. You've got, uh, you know, when you think of, I don't know if you'd call that your live community thing or your event coverage, because it's kind of both, but, you know, your relationship with the StreamYard people, you know, if there's, we got Clover, who's on our team with the YouTube side, and then we got Night Strike, obviously, runs the guntube.org. We got that figured out. You're probably the person that's the go-to for StreamYard. Um, just chime in on that, if you would, but then... What do you think of this latest new feature with the multiple streaming? I mean, you obviously chose not to do it. Is that you just didn't feel like it, or is there a reason? Or oh, in this particular case, I didn't even I didn't think about doing it until just before, and I went ahead and decided to just do a community. I did a community post letting people know that I was going to be on your show, so they'd come over here to watch. Uh, I don't necessarily, in this particular case, I guess I, I don't know why I thought about doing it at the last minute. I decided, no, there was this late at night, too, there weren't too many of my people out there and any of, any of my viewers are probably your viewers too at this time of night, so... I went ahead and did the community post, so any of my subscribers also did a Facebook post and let people know I'd be on this show too, so so they would come over and give you some views. I mean, there's there's reasons to do it either way, but I really really like the feature, but it gets weird quick, and I think unnecessarily. Like you know, if it's just a regular chat, but on the other hand. I get it. Like people that are like the reloading group, there's the Georgia. Oh man, what is it? Georgia. Is it Georgia shooting connection? That's one of them. And uh, Georgia trapping and fishing. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. But so there's, you know, these kind of groups and there's going to be some overlap though there, but then there's the people that aren't overlapping. And that's where I could see that being, you know, just effective for if you're going to have a conversation like Hillbilly's chat, which is, on Saturday afternoon, evenings, I guess for most people, I'm going to say it's evening for everybody, right? Hillbilly's chat um, is kind of a fun chat. It's gun focused, but it's just a fun chat with a bunch of different people in there. I could see people simulcast on that one because, you know, people may not catch it on the time of the day or the week it is. And then, you know, being maybe adjacent to what they're interested in. Um, but yeah, for just the typical show all the time, I guess it could be, I guess I don't know complicated because you get into who's commenting from where and seeing stuff i think it's super good i mean i think it's a it's a worthwhile skill set to have though i can see it being very powerful when we need to get the word out for something important 
that there are people, and I've ran into them on some other streams, that do not like the feature. I've heard anything from it takes views away from the original person doing the stream to it causes them to have multiple notifications for the same stream in their subscriber feed on YouTube, and it causes a lot of clutter because they're seeing three or four people all streaming the same thing, and they can't tell what's what. So not everybody's a huge fan of it. No, and that's why I think it could get old quick. And for that reason, like let's say the, the words said on it are exactly the same on each channel. I don't know what that does to the internet, but the internet's probably going to see that as clones or carbon copies. So it's going to not hide it, but it isn't going to look for it. It's not, it's not the first thing the internet's going to look for when it's trying to answer a question. You know, it's going to be kind of ignored. Um, but depending on what you're doing, you don't always care what the internet finds. You know, sometimes you just need to get the word out. So, uh, yeah, for lots of reasons, I guess, uh, like I was kind of alluding to, there's it's not perfect, but. Well, I think you have to use it judiciously. I mean, if you've got a group of people saying foul territory where I've got four or five people who we pretty much have the same people that are our subscribers and everything, it might be kind of superfluous for them to stream. I'm not saying they can't, and I give them that freedom to do that, and I don't discourage it in any way, shape, or form. However, if you've got a show like, say, Clover's, for example, where he does podcast with this person or he has different people on his panel that aren't normally on these chats you've got the potential of that person doing a stream and you've got their audience along with yours and you're exposing your show to new people so there are times where somebody else sharing a stream could be extremely advantageous to your channel so it's kind of a double-edged sword. You have to you have to know when it's gonna be a benefit and when it's not. And I I don't want to bother anybody by allowing people to stream my stuff. I just don't have a problem with it. If it becomes a problem, then you know, so be it. Everybody who does that on my show, and usually there's somebody every week that does they are usually good enough to put a link to my original stream out there. And I make sure and let them know, like when I'm giving a giveaway, if you want to be entered in this giveaway, you have to go to my stream on YouTube in order to enter. Otherwise it won't register on the giveaway tool. So I think you have to make people aware that there's differences on where they watch and how they comment. So it's still kind of new to everybody. I hope it doesn't get to the point where people just hate it. Uh, I think it could be advantageous. I think it, I don't know if they'll hate it. I mean, I guess, yeah, if everybody wailed on it all the time, everybody would hate it and they know it wouldn't use it. But uh, I don't think, I think it's it's a feature or it's a, or anyway, it's a positive thing that because it has some side effects, people aren't going to abuse it right? Because the side effects will show. It's sort of like tap, typing in all caps. You can do it all you want, but it's to be do it too often. Enough people are going to tell you to quit it, that you're just going to eventually quit it. Like no one does it, even though there's all kinds of people that want to do it or start doing it. Anyways, I think it's one of those kind of things. But uh, anyway, just without 
beating on this dead horse already. Um, and shout out to dead horse out there. Um, but uh, um, the idea that getting out of your comfort zone and doing something every once in a while and experimenting and finding out, you know, oh, wait, there are negatives to this, all the kind of things we alluded to. That's good for us. You know, it's good for us as content creators, people that are hosts of these shows, people that are active in the communities, people that watch it, people that are, you know, part of it in all the different ways. Because otherwise we'd be boring and we'd be doing the same thing and we'd get abused, right? We would get used by people that could figure out our strategy, you know, what we're doing. So I think it's good that we're out there. Playing right. And I kind of had the advantage of, I oftentimes uh, listen into the StreamYard community chats. So when they introduce a new feature, I know it's coming about a week ahead of time. So I knew that was going to be turned on. And I don't think there were a lot of people in our quote unquote little community here that was aware of it. So when I was watching other people's streams and I noticed they turned it on and I was seeing other people's reactions, I'm like, oh, I didn't even think of that issue or that issue. So I did bring those to, I did uh, kind of collect up some comments and bring them back to StreamYard because like you said before, I have had connections with StreamYard support and I knew that there were some things that <clears throat> they could do and some things you know, like YouTube giving the credit of the views to the person, you know, that they're on. Like if I was streaming this and I got views, you wouldn't get credit for those views. I wouldn't. Some people didn't like that, but I tried to explain to them that's a YouTube function. There's not a whole lot that StreamYard can do about that. So, but it's little things like that. I wanted to, okay, what do people like about it? What don't they like about it? Is there something StreamYard could do to make it better? So I have taken some of that stuff back to StreamYard. And I've encouraged other people, if you have questions, please be like me. Reach out to StreamYard and uh, follow them. So, you know, if you're going to be a consumer of this service, you know, jump in and be part of the community. So. I mean, there's of all the things, except for GunTube, who we all know, Mike, right? right. Except for GunTube and GunStreamer when it was around, nothing else has been, well, like Gun Channels, if you count that, right? So it's us. But uh, the uh, streamer is like three people, and they've been the same three people. They got bought by France or whatever, and they're still the same three people. And they have a chat, a live chat, I would say, every month. Or is it every week? StreamYard every week. Yeah, every week they do a live get-together. So yeah, definitely, if you're interested in being part of something, they make it possible, and it's something super cool. I mean, honestly, this is one of the neatest. And because it's developing and it's not standing still, I'd say, aside from, oh, man, that would be an interesting conversation for a, for a, a poll or something. What's the most interesting new software? But this is way more interesting to me than Instagram at this point for years now. It's actually for a while now, I should say, no, not years, but for a while now, it's been way more useful and interesting to me than Instagram. And you'll find out that StreamYard is used by a variety of creators out there, not just firearm creators, but all kinds of people from oh, yeah. different walks of life. And they even offer kind of a, they've got a teleconferencing service, much like Zoom, that they support too. 
So yeah, they, so it's way more powerful than what we're using it for. Oh yeah, and it seems to be really taken off. Like you say, they they became part of another company. They are a Streamyard itself is a based in Canada, and the two guys that created Streamyard actually are the ones that host the uh, what they call it a town hall. It's basically eight o'clock central every Sunday. They have a live stream where they introduce new features and basically talk about StreamYard and people can ask questions in there, et cetera. So it's kind of a direct way to be in touch with the creators and let them know you like this, you don't like that. When are you going to fix this? You know, stuff like that. So they do listen. All right. So we've got... A bunch of people actively out there. We've got the poll going. I don't know. Hopefully Gizzard isn't checking the poll out. He's probably already spoiling it by looking at the poll. But uh, I'm about to ask him the question here in a bit. But if I can get this dog off of my arm. Would you quit wiggling on me? Leaning on me is one thing, but then he starts to wiggle and I can't click my mouse. So I'm going to pass on one of my questions here because Gunpowder Beauty had asked a couple of questions and she's it's, we're probably past her bedtime. So... Gunpowder Beauty asked, what is your favorite video you've done since starting your channel? Oh, my favorite video that I've done just for the sheer fun of doing it? Hmm. I did one years and years ago. I'd probably only been doing this a year or so. I did one called In Search of Gizzards, which basically followed me from my daughter's house to the restaurant where I typically bought gizzards every week. And it was kind of a trip through the town to the restaurant. I went in and bought them and then I came home and opened up the container. And there was shots of me playing with puppies and everything else in there. And that was just pure fun to do because I just kind of laughed the entire time I did it because it was just a pure fun video. But as far as real work that I do for the channel, you know, quality content, I would say, well, it's hard to say. I've, I've had some stuff at SHOT Show I'm real proud of that have done really well. I've also had some gun reviews uh, that... I thought went very well and stuff like that. Others didn't get a whole lot of views. So as far as any particular one other than that one fun one that I did, uh, it's it's really hard to say. I, you know, you put a lot of work into some of those things and stuff like that, and then you put it out there on YouTube and you hope a lot of people watch it. And sometimes it's like, man, I put two or three hours or more of work in this and... 20 people watched it and other times it's like I spent 15 seconds doing this video and 20,000 people watched it so it's hard to tell you just got to do different things but I enjoy the video editing aspect of things trying to get things just right and uh, when they fall together that's that's when I'm you know, really the most proud of my work is when I've got a video that looks decent. It's got a decent amount of views, good comments and stuff like that. Especially when I get comments, you know, people thanking me for making the video. Uh, <clears throat> whether uh, 
people out there realize it or not, I read every one of those comments. And yeah, stuff like that means a lot. How many subs are you at now? Uh, 25 something, 2,534. And then what kind of rate or what kind of pace is that growing? I don't, I'm sorry, but I don't keep up with everybody's channels and that kind of stuff. But, you know, is that growing slowly? Is it been on the rise? Is it consistent? Is it spurts? Do you it's, pay attention? Some people don't pay. Like, it's in do. spurts. I would say probably in the neighborhood of five subs a day. So. Oh, okay. So, so around 100, 150 a month, I would say it'd be fair. And then as far as your comments go, and this is usually a correlation with sub count, but not always because there's more active communities and, you know, people that lend themselves to having more conversation like Honda being political and being weird. It's going to get people that want to argue with them. And if you're just saying something, some people are like, mm, okay, you know, unless they're like, thank you. And then, you know, there's just not much to add. So uh, as far as comments, then are they trickle? Flow, overwhelming. I'm guessing they're not overwhelming flood yet. No, they're not overwhelming. It depends on what I put out there. Uh, you've always got people who will hate on this particular brand of gun or this particular brand of knife, or they'll make comments about this is made in China. A uh, little bit of everything. Uh, you don't know how to shoot, you know. <laughs> But for every one of those, there's also somebody that tells me, you know, good job and stuff like that. So you have the trolls out there. If you have a YouTube channel and you've put out many things at all, you're going to find the trolls out there. And they want to just get you upset or make comments. You kind of got to learn to take that stuff. A lot of times I just give it a thumbs up and leave it out there. Only if they get really horribly abusive do I... I don't usually bother engaging them in any kind of debate. I just get rid of it. It's not my place to sit and have a debate with you. I'm laughing because my dog went over and he's pouting. So he went and sat on this like piece of fabric. Um, a little piece of towel. It's like folded up on the um, So is it a trickle or is it a like if you a flow? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember. At what point, I remember when I first started the channel, so you know, there was a time when the channel grew and I, and I was watching the comments and at one point it was like, oh wow, this is neat, there's comments. And then it was like, wow, this is great. Like there's comments every time I sit down, there's gonna be somebody having said something somewhere. Cause it's part of it is how many people are subscribed to your channel. Part of it is how often you post videos because otherwise you know subscribers don't matter. But you know, if you're posting on a regular basis and you have subscribers, then there's an, formula there for how many comments you're going to get but then as you have videos exist people are just going to stumble across them or again if you've got a bunch of active viewers they might dig into your videos or if you're referencing videos you're going to get these comments and it can go from oh wow i got comments every day to like uh oh i missed comments today and now i'm 200 behind and for me that's somewhere where if i would miss them i would be behind and then if I missed them for three days or like SHOT Show, done. Like there's no way I'm ever catching those comments again because there's just way too many coming in. And that's where 
for me at least, I don't remember what year that was or what size I was, you know, but there was that time when there was just so many comments that I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm not, you know, comments on YouTube are no longer a thing that I can keep up on. Every once in a while, you'll go look, you'll hope that your moderators and stuff are deleting stuff that's inappropriate. But I'm, like I said, I would call that the flood when you just have to give up or hire somebody. Um, I don't wish that on people. It's not a, it's a, it's an annoying thing to have that happen actually. But um, or, or is it, is, where are you at now? Is it like manageable? I mean, I'm trying to say like trickle or is it to where it's enough to where you'd have to put some time into it if you missed a few days? Oh, well, it would depend. Now, when I'm putting out a lot of content, uh, like when I'm at SHOT Show and stuff, if I have a, a long format video like my uh, interview with Taurus, I would have several comments come through all at once, 30, 40 a day. When, as now with the occasional short, you know, the occasional review video, it might be 10 or less. So it kind of varies. So, and you might get sometimes when they get to be like you say a whole lot in one day or two, or if I'm at an industry show, it might be three or four days before I get to respond to them all. But I do eventually try to at least give them a thumbs up, if not respond. If they ask a question and I can answer it, I'll do it. I've had people ask me, you know, well, where can I get this? Or when's it coming out? Or they'll ask me questions. <clears throat> that I didn't cover, <clears throat> and uh, I'll try to get an answer for them and respond if it's something I can find out. I mean, I don't have a problem doing that. Now, as I get bigger, will that be more of an issue? Probably. Uh, I don't know how big I'll get or whether they're, you know, I'm not going to say I never want more than 5,000 subs or never want more than 10,000. I just would hate to get to the point where I would, be unreachable out in the comments or something like that. Uh, I enjoy being able to kind of have a pulse on what the audience thinks about this or that. Uh, but I'm sure everybody who started out small felt like that, and then it got to a point where it just couldn't be their main focus anymore. And I understand that, too. Most most of them at least try to address the comments out there, and I would definitely do that. Well, but, I mean, most of the people that we hang out with, yes, but in in general, no, I don't agree with that because there's there's uh, I don't want to call them like cookie cutter. I'll call them cookie cutter sites. Like there's recipes you can follow, and now with guns, there's definitely recipes. I don't know if uh, you've encountered these. I don't know what to call them. I'll just call them cookie counter sites or cookie cutter sites. But they'll literally go grab people's videos. They'll chop them up and put them into a slideshow, essentially. You know, a bunch of different videos that transition into each other. They'll create a narration. I'm sure they're all computer built. And then it's like a computer voice narrating it. And it'll just say just nothing. It'll say like the 45 ACP is a caliber that has a diameter of 45. And that's why they call it the 45 ACP. Coming up next on our list is the 38 Special, which has a diameter of 38 and that's why they call it the 38 special and next on our list it's like these nothing videos like this um and they'll just take other people's videos and have them in there and then at the bottom of the description after all the links and stuff it'll say oh we're using just random pictures 
it's fair use. And if you don't want us to use it, just contact us and we'll remove your video or, you know, we'll remove your piece. So uh, I, I, I don't think those channels are watching comments. I think those channels are just people that are figuring out that it can happen and people, it was, YouTube is large enough that you can just put stuff down and maybe it's on the mechanism to create a large channel for some other reason. But anyway, so I, I'm just saying, and, and I think there's a lot of those channels. So I think that some channels pay attention to comments. It's just that, and the reason I'm bringing this up is I'm about to ask you a question, but I'm kind of using this to, 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 to make the point or whatever that not all channels are going to be like interactive with their audiences. Some people are just their audiences as part of the equation. Like if we do this and it's popular, we'll get views and therefore we move on. And in those scenarios, those kind of recipes, you're typically not going to comment because if you have a political view, it's going to alienate some viewers. So the most you're going to do is go, thank you, or watch our other video. You know, you're, but it's going to be like very robotic answers. And I think a lot of times these are people in other countries that are just using the vast amount of people that watch videos against us. But um, I guess what I'm asking then, but the, the reason I'm explaining all that, what I'll ask the question to you is, if someone was starting a channel and they don't have to be new to YouTube or nothing, somebody just decides to start a channel or they've got a channel and they're about to start another project, right? So start a channel, either you're new to YouTube or not. Mm -hmm. Would you advise them to do it the way we do it, where you have live shows and you pay attention to what's going on and you get feedback intimately, let's say, like all the time, constant feedback or some other scenario where you just... Um, do less of that and, and you know maybe monitor the comments but don't necessarily you know you, you've got a plan and you're going to stick you know you're going to figure out that plan and you're going to what's the word like you know follow through on that plan i don't know that everybody enjoys hosting a live stream i've i know a lot of people that don't don't enjoy live streams definitely don't enjoy being on panels or don't enjoy the prospect of having to manage chats because they would rather spend their time uh, producing static video content. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It all depends on how, you know, what you're wanting to do with your channel. If you feel like that would be a valuable thing to you, then I do encourage it. But on the other hand, if, if that just is, if you don't feel like that's a good use of your time or if you don't think you're cut out to do it, uh, maybe it's not for you. I think you have to have a desire to reach out to an audience. It comes across when you're doing live streams. I've seen people, I watched one tonight, a live stream where the guy basically just wanted to get through it and was angry with his audience for asking certain questions and stuff like that. Maybe that person shouldn't be having a live stream. Uh, I'm not real sure what the purpose of it is, if that's the case. If you don't enjoy engaging with your audience and stuff like that, then maybe that's not for you. It's certainly not something that everybody has to do, I don't think. That was going to be my question. I was waiting I to interrupt you, but yeah, so as I say, like, it's, it's something that it can't, I, and I think there, it's like, man, I don't know, it's like having a, 
it's something that can be an advantage, but it's not a guaranteed advantage. And you can just as easily get frustrated and make it a waste of time. You probably hurt your channel literally by doing a long, I mean, there's physically ways you can hurt your channel by having a long video that nobody pays attention to right in the middle of all your short videos. And it's just going to mess with your metrics. It does mess with your metrics. That's true. But um, yeah, it's not necessary and it's not necessarily a sure thing, but Oh, I don't know. It's sort of, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. It's kind of like learning stick. It's like, it's not necessary anymore, but if you've got it, then, you know, you just have that extra skill set. It's not like you're just because you know how to drive stick, you're going to get cheaper rates on rental cars. It just means that if you ever get into a situation where they're like, Hey, the only rental car we've got left is a stick. You can be like, yeah, I can drive it right comfortably. You don't have to worry about it. I mean, you know, it's occasionally you can, it's something ahead, but I think honestly, it's being held in the conversation. Probably, you know, we're kind of going off on some of these tangents. Appreciate everybody's patience with this, but uh, you know, the live strategy of live it was a big question because now that I'm thinking about it, I think it could be a whole show, you know, whether or not it's worth doing live on a new channel. Well, let me ask this you've got the Kizer Gary Reviews channel, we talked about it before. I'll drop the link to it again. Uh, channel that's going to be for. Uh, reviews specifically so again you're i'm saying so that you don't have to fight the whatever the opinion or the attitude or the logarithms or whatever you don't have to fight the current at youtube which doesn't like guns so you can have a channel that's just reviews and that's you know, kind of lacking of the stuff that youtube doesn't like so you can catch some you put some sales out there and catch some attention that you're not gonna be able to do on the big channel but is and you may have said this and I just missed it. Is another part of this that you're not going to have lives over there? Or are you going to have lives over there? I <clears throat> had not planned on doing any lives over there. Although that's a possibility. Um, I just haven't looked into it yet to tell you the truth. But uh, I'd have to figure out how I would want to structure that and make it do what I want to do on that channel. Obviously, it wouldn't be the kind of laid back, let's get together and gab for an hour and a half, two hours like foul territory is. It would have to be something completely different. So I'd have to figure out how to do that. Is there a possibility? Yeah, sure. Um, there are ways to promote uh, products on a live stream that might be valuable if you could get the people out there and I've got about 75 subs on that channel right now. So it's not a huge number, but it's growing fairly decently for no longer than it's been out there, which is what a couple weeks. That's, that's a lot faster than I built this channel. I'll tell you that much right now. It took me a long time to get over a hundred subs back in the day. So uh, a lot of that is, a lot of that is name recognition, but a lot of that is people who have watched my reviews. I know because I can tell just from the comments and the metrics out there that when I get a, say, a short that gets a thousand views, I'll pick up five, six, seven subs off that on a daily basis. As long as I get those views, I get subs. So it's coming from the people consuming that stuff if they like the way that i present things then they'll continue to subscribe so if it gets to the point where doing something live makes sense 
then I certainly would. I don't have it in the plans for now, but I'm not saying it'll never happen. How about that? That's about as committal as I can be on that, to be honest. I hear you. I appreciate it because I'm throwing these questions at you in the middle of the night. And you know, sure. so we didn't script it or nothing. But you know, I was just kind of curious because that's something where if you really wanted to be strict or whatever, then, yeah, you wouldn't want to touch lives over there, at least for the uh, recipe of you know trying to get the channel to whatever. But at the same time, what you even what you've got over there now, do you know how many videos you oh it says fifty videos up there. So if you've got fifty videos and they are, I don't know, two minutes or a minute each, then that's an hour's worth of time. You put those in a playlist, you turn on StreamYard to that channel. Uh, do channels automatically get live or is that something they have to wait till they get a certain number of views or something? Hmm. I don't remember how it works with YouTube. But assuming you get your threshold to do live then you just from what i understand you go live you screen share look at your own channel go to your playlist click play and auto next or whatever that's called like play the next video right away and then you just let your computer watch your channel play its own playlist and now your live stream is just your playlist of your shorts and it might be boring as heck but at the same time it's something that people can jump in and jump out. They can just kind of be watching it. You know, it's all going to have different music behind it, I imagine. So you know, they might turn the volume down and just kind of watch as like a screensaver almost. But what that does is ends up helping you become like an engine for watch time so you can get your channel monetized faster. Um, you know, now, on the review side, I don't have music behind any of that stuff yet because you got to realize those videos appear different places. Not only do they appear on YouTube, at times they're going to appear on places like Amazon.com, but maybe even beside a product, for example. And they have strict guidelines as to what you can and can't do. So there's not a whole lot of channel promotion on my videos. You're not going to see any logos in a corner or anything like that. The thumbnails aren't particularly... I don't put a lot of work into the thumbnails. It's basically going to be a quick as possible content because that's what it's designed to be. So, you know, here's the product. Here's, here's what I think about it. Here's a good look at it. Here's what it does. It's, there's not a whole lot of fluff there. Like if I was making it for this channel, I would put in some intro music perhaps, and I might show some still pictures of it and talk about it a lot longer than I would on that side. So it's going to be more of a condensed thing. Most videos are going to be a couple minutes or less. Probably most right now are under a minute, to tell you the truth. Uh, some are vertical, you know, some are portraits, some are landscape, depending on what I'm doing with that particular thing. Some were produced. Uh, some have got a lot of production in them. Some of them are just a real quick uh, 15 or 20 second video. I did a real quick trim on it and slapped it out there. So you've got a little bit of everything depending on what the product is and how detailed my review is of it. So uh, it's going to be a little different than what you see on this side. But I'm trying mm -hmm. to get I'm trying to get as many different things out there as I can. So there'll be a lot of different products a lot of different and there's a little bit of everything out there everything i mean obviously on the review side you can't really do guns over there so it's going to be a lot more gear lights for example 
holsters, um, gun lube, for example, gun cleaning kits, tools, you know. Yeah, you got like the pet scratcher and the battery. Is that a power battery power? A power backup? bank that I use on my road trips. Yeah, uh, photography gear. Uh, you know, certain things I have for holding a phone and stuff like that. So stuff that one might use on a channel like this. So a lot of stuff that I haven't covered on this channel, I can cover over there. So a little bit of even a beard oil review and stuff like that. So there's a little bit of everything. If it's something I have and I have an opinion on it, I'll probably review it. And uh, it'll be an awful lot like uh, Travis P11 with his review in the countertop videos. <laughs> Except not quite as not quite as good as him but uh, uh, I'm trying to as I think of things to do I'm trying to get reviews on them and get them out there so I have a lot of good content out there for people uh, I have a lot of stuff around here flashlights you know a lot of photography gear over five years or so of traveling to this show and that show uh, and a lot of stuff for working on guns and stuff like that. So uh, I know a lot of people. A lot of people shop for things online and stuff like that and kind of give you some ideas. And So it's it's a lot different channel, but it's fun to do. It's, it's kind of a, it's like taking one hat off and putting another hat on when you go over and do that stuff, so. All right, so I'm trying not to. I have a question of mine that I think I would fit here, but I'm trying not to load all my questions up first. So Woods booked already. He has to go to bed early. He's old, but uh, uh, it's kind of a palate cleansing question here. Different question. Uh, okay. Woods asked earlier. You may have already covered it, but when did you buy your first gun? I. Uh... Handgun-wise, it was 2015. It was May of 2015, to be exact. So I was 55 years old when I bought my first handgun. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. You didn't have guns when you were a kid? I had... My dad and I both hunted. We were... Dad okay, hunted so birds. So this is when you bought your first one. I got you. First handgun. Let's put it this way. Other than... I had I had a 12 gauge shotgun that was given to me when I was 13 or 14 that my dad bought for me. Okay. Then I bought myself a 410 when I was in my mid 20s, and then I went for 30 years and didn't buy any guns at all until I bought a handgun. So okay. it's not that I didn't have guns, but I didn't have any handguns until I was 55. And I'm guessing that either means, well, it means that you didn't have anybody in your family that was a shooter, some kind of competition shooter, did anything, I don't know, like there's people that go shoot mountain sheep with handguns or something, you know, like nobody doing anything like that, that was interesting enough that got you into it. And then uh, nobody at work or anything that was doing anything either. So Yeah, dad didn't have handguns around the house, so consequently, I never knew what you would use a handgun for uh, self-protection wasn't really anything a whole lot of people worried about in small town Americana back in the 60s, 70s, you know, it's, it's a little bit different world back then than we have now. So yeah, I just didn't grow up in that culture. 
Not that other people didn't. I knew people who had handguns and stuff like that. I had shot a couple or three, but I'd never owned one of my own. Okay. So then was that because it was a pain in the ass or because it cost too much? Or again, like just nobody that you knew, there was no like, oh, I'm going, these guys, all my friends are going shooting anyway, so I'm going to get a gun too. The reason I didn't own a handgun, is that what you're asking? Yeah, because it sounds like you did know people you went shooting, you know, so is it just that you didn't feel like spending the money or just didn't cross yeah, your Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really have any desire to own my own. I didn't really until, like I say, 2015 or so, I kind of sensed a change in this country and I felt like there was a need to be able to defend myself and I felt like it was time for me to to maybe get into that. And uh, my daughter kind of got me started. She wanted to get a handgun and then helping to research her, get hers. That kind of led to me getting one. And it's like, you know, the whole world has pretty much turned since then. And I think everybody ought to be able to defend themselves now, but I didn't know anything about 2A. I didn't know. I knew the NRA was out there. I didn't know. I didn't know consciously know about a second amendment fight you know that there were that there was a group out there that was fighting oppressive gun laws i wasn't conscious of that back then so i understand there's a lot of people out there that aren't conscious of it now but with with everything in the media you know it's a whole different deal now but yeah it's like i just like driving right it's like um Halloween candy, like if it's not something that's in your that's in your immediate realm, then then you're not thinking about it that much. You know, if you're not if it's drunk driving and you're a person who lives in the city and you Uber everywhere, like what do you care about drunk driving? Like you don't have a car, nobody you know has a car, and everybody Ubers anyway, and you all walk to the bar or whatever. You know, I'm assuming people in the city you know, walk everywhere, so you know what I mean. Like it's just removed from them, so. I think it's like the guns are like that to a lot of people. They're just not thinking Yeah, it wasn't that. that I was anti-gun. I just I didn't have any interest in it. So that was interesting. I don't know if uh, you must have mentioned that before. Uh, as you were saying that, I was thinking, have I ever heard Gizzard talk about this before? I don't remember it specifically, but I mean, again, I apologize. We've done a million conversations before. Can you imagine how many hours worth of chat that you and I have been in when you count your Sunday morning shows. I mean, you and single shot have probably been in more hours together or maybe rich white, but uh, certainly a bunch of them. So there must've been at some point you may have mentioned that before, but uh, yeah, that was interesting. And um, it also made me think of the, uh, I don't know what we called them, but the, I don't remember there were either 25 or something questions that gun channels people would ask each other or ask the new people coming in made me think uh i know that i think you sent it to me or something but i know that it's kind of got bounced around barbecue might have been bouncing it around here not too long ago yeah so what we're talking about is gun channels was a community that we built in 2013 and it kind of went for seven years being a place where people would hang out and have conversations exactly like we're having right now in various ways pretty much 24 7 and uh, it was pretty large, million views, of a million hits a month. So you know, however many people it takes to have the place get hit up a million times a month, some fairly large software and 
uh, we were using Google at the time, but some interesting hangouts where people could just, we would just drop links essentially and people would jump in. Not quite like this. This one requires the person who's like the manager or whatever you want to call it, like the person who owns the room has to let you into the room. So it wouldn't really work with StreamYard. That's the one thing StreamYard doesn't give us that would make it like what we had back in the day. But uh, anyway, so um, uh, well, back in Gun Channel's days, there was just this community of people that would have these live conversations and pretty much everything was being streamed to YouTube at least for an hour, right? Or maybe a couple hours and then the show would go off air and we'd still be chatting and stuff. But um, as new people would join the community or come around and be part of the live conversations at least, the uh, commit group like came up with this list and I, I, I probably could sit here and think about it if I tried hard anymore, but I don't know if Gizzard knows the origin of the list maybe pink or somebody would know, but in somebody's room somewhere, somebody came up with this list of questions and it eventually evolved into, is it 25? And um, it was just a way to get to know people. It was like some you know, general questions and get to an idea of what their experience is and what their interests are. Cause there were so many people over there that would help us all go, okay, you're going to want to talk to so-and-so on Thursdays. And, you know, if you're into reloading, like, you know, there's these groups of people that are into reloading and, some of them are real helpful or if you're helpful and you're trying to offer advice then here's some groups where you know people get together and that kind of role but uh i was thinking i guess just rambling here sorry but uh it might be interesting to take those 25 questions and then just invite people in and do a chat every once in a while and run them through those questions yeah might have to update them a little bit i uh, they didn't. Oh, they did ask about reloading. I have them up on my screen, but uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to go over. That's for sure, because a lot of people have never been been through that list, and we have had a lot of new people come over the years. Old people go away, and new people come in and stuff. It was a great way to get to know somebody on the first day they came into the chat. I can remember my first first time I ever jumped on a gun channels chat and Mr. Knives hit me up right away. I think it was within 15 minutes. He says, somebody asked him, did you ask him the, the new, the new, uh, the new member questions? And so, yeah, I had to do them right then and there. So, and then, you know, I had a chance to give them to other people as they came in and stuff, but it was really kind of a, Hey, you're new here. Tell us about yourself. And, it's kind of a way to get to know what their background was in firearms, you know, and stuff like that. You know, do you know a lot about guns? Do you know a little about guns? Back then, I knew very little. So. <laughs> and again, when you've got a bunch of people who are curious and interested in helping you get to where you're trying to go, then being able to say, oh, I never thought about that. Or like, yeah, I'm trying to get to here. You know, having people go, oh, okay, then don't waste your time doing that and here's you know here's a, here's a quick way to get to where you're going so baron's, um, out, baron's out there asking just real quick where do you find the question list i don't know if that's posted anywhere for you said you have in front of you there i have them right in front of me if somebody was to email me i'd be more than happy to send it to them you want to screen share them if you can and I'll, i can do that up here 
I can do that. Give me just a moment here. It's not that they're secret. It's just that I think it was like literally like a text document or something. We were just sending the text document uh, to each other. Okay. Share screen. DJ saying you remember us doing the questionnaire on the Daily Gun Show. Okay, so we're bringing them up on the uh, screen here. Let's see if we can underneath. Oh, no, that's going to put us under there. So uh, I can get rid of this, though. So new panelists, hangout questions. You see, I've had that a while. That was dated August of 2017. So I don't know if I should read them all. It's your show. <laughs> um, we're an hour and a half in. So they're on the screen. There's 25 of them. I'm, I'm not going to read them all. It just, it's essentially a bunch of questions that I think we... Uh, we didn't just take every question and put them on there, but we figured out that if you ask these questions, it gave people a way to kind of thrash out what they were interested in. I guess what I was going to say too, is that I think it was useful. Most people were like, Hey, thanks. That was kind of cool. Like I never thought about this. You know, I was into guns, but now I know that I can, I didn't know I could be into reloading or like, I didn't think about that. I could do that also. Or something. It'd be interesting to ask people who've been around here to re-answer the questions again and see if you'd answer them the same way, because... Oh, that's interesting. I never thought about that. I mean, back when I was originally asked, I only owned two guns. So that question, what firearms you own, that'd be a complete different thing now, you know. Of course, I'm not going to list them all for, you know, on a live stream for government and everybody to have an inventory <laughs> but definitely more than i had six years ago so but yeah a lot of those questions my answer would have changed as far as favorite firearms you know hunting and stuff like that dream guns have you assembled an ar you know stuff like that do you open or conceal carry? Oh, yes, both. <laughs> and these were people coming in, some off the street, some good friends of somebody who finally cut online. That happened a lot. You know, there's a that was a neat part at gun channels where somebody would find gun channels and go, okay, cool. I found like cool people. Because a lot of times you go online, you find people that are weird or they're just on the surface. Like they're just there for whatever but they're not interacting they're just a, an account like you know like right now we got a whole bunch of people watching and there's like know, 10 people five people participating in the chat you know so you just don't know about those others and you get into communities and it's like that where there's a bunch of people who are members but you know are they doing anything or do they do just looking at everything it's just weird so um uh you know once you find or once people would find gun channels and go Oh, okay. I found people that are actually participating. It's cool. Like, you know, there's plenty of rooms. Like, I could be here or I could be there. Like, I don't have to go hang out with just this one group of people because that's all there is. There's like lots of different places. And uh, so I think that's what people would do is they'd go, okay, I found someplace cool. Now I want to bring my friends in. And those friends may or may not have been, you know, either gun people or like there's a lot of them were internet people and they weren't necessarily gun people, but they were comfortable being online. Or they were gun people and they were learning how to be online. So we got to be that mix of like different types of folks coming from different, you know, walks of life, but also like experience levels with guns. 
Well, in my case, I came from, I was somebody who watched YouTube videos about guns, and then I joined a Taurus Firearms forum. So I was used to forum posts where you could post something out there, and you'd get an answer later on in the day or maybe the next day. It wasn't a real-time conversation, but at least you could ask questions and get answers. But this was my first experience to actually... You're on a live stream live with somebody and they can fire questions at you right away. And uh, that was completely new to me. And at the time, it's like, I don't know if I want to jump on this or not. What the heck? I'll click the button. So I clicked in there and then there's people asking you questions. But you learn. You learn real quickly when you're in an environment. to know people and so it's a whole nother level of interaction with other people when you get to be on live streams and into a community like this so i didn't even know such a thing existed and that you could do that until i joined gun channels i thought people who were on live streams were just big time youtubers i didn't realize that there were places where you know just an ordinary joe like me could be on a live stream and talk to people. It's like, wow. I think of them like, uh, at least my experience as a kid, going to the VFW hall, because we would go do uh, civil air patrol meetings at VFW. And so if we were earlier stuck around late or whatever, you know, it'd be like the guys downstairs drinking in the bar or whatever. And then we'd be doing our meeting upstairs. So you know, every once in a while we go downstairs to do something or whatever. So I knew that, you know, essentially they're just all sitting down there bullshitting all the time. And if, uh, you know, something happened in town, that's what they were talking about. Or if something happened on the news, that's what they were talking about. Somebody bought a new rifle, that's what they were talking about. So uh, I think of it a lot like that. And the thing is, instead of having to drive to the bar, drive to the VFW, drive to the restaurant or whatever it is where you're hanging out, drive to the go the gun show or the gun range or something, you know, we're all just logging on. And that just facilitated it. I mean, well, you know, if you're a new gun owner, like I was a new gun owner, it's like, okay, I didn't have a whole lot of friends who had guns that I could talk to about it. It's kind of like, okay, I'm into this, but I don't know a whole lot about it. I don't have people to talk to. Now, all of a sudden, I have people that I can talk to that kind of share the same interest and stuff like that. And for me, it was a whole new way of learning about other people and their attitudes about guns and what, what they like and what they don't like. It's like going from going from a room where it's just you yourself and you and another buddy and all of a sudden you've walked into a room and here's here's a party, you know, and all these people like what you like and stuff like that. It's like, oh wow. I finally found the right room. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, there's 19 people watching right now on different channels. So if you're watching on the other channel, uh, the big channel, the gun websites, YouTube channel has um, the poll going right now. And if you want to get it on the poll, we're going to I'm going to ask is or first off, did you look at the poll yet? I did. I didn't answer it, though. OK, so try not to look at it and get influenced by it. But. I'm not going to read it yet for the people that might be listening to this as a podcast or uh, just aren't looking at it. Um, but I was going to ask you before, and I stopped and asked the poll to let everybody else kind of be interactive with this part of it. Uh, if you are thinking about your channel, 
Uh, are you doing it for the live community, for the gear reviews, or for the event coverage, or if there's something else? Because, you know, I didn't want to limit it to that. I'm really just limited by how many slots YouTube gives us in the poll. And I put the poll out there to hear what people would vote on, the one thing they would vote on, which isn't really applicable to what we're doing here. Because what I'm asking you is, you know, if, if this was a graphic equalizer with three bands on it, you know, where are you putting your attention? Where are you putting your passion, your interest? And I'm just curious, one, if you've ever thought about it like that, like how much attention you're giving to these three pillars of it. And then and see if that mesh, meshes at all with the people who are watching. So have you ever thought about it that way? Like how much attention yeah. or how much interest you have in these different elements of your facets of your project? Right. And a lot changed when I retired because I had more time to devote stuff to concentrating on what a lot of people would argue with is the vitality of your YouTube channel. And that is your, your static content that you put out there, your portfolio or your library. And I think as a matter of continuity of your channel and everything else, you've got to build that. You've got to have that out there. And, you know, attending, going to events and stuff like that is definitely important too because it can kind of lead to more static content and better static content and stuff like that. But uh, it's not to say that the lives don't have meaning to me they most certainly do uh and i look forward to them each and every week but i don't spend the entire week getting ready for a foul territory show it does not consume that much of my time i do have to plan a little bit you know what am i going to have for a topic you know do i need to prepare any slides etc cetera, etc cetera? do i need to get prizes ready you know that kind of stuff but i think from a standpoint of what is important to my channel, it's uh, getting static content out there that people, you know, if you get a good video out there, not only not talking about shorts, I'm going to exclude shorts, but a good gun review, for example, will continue to get views for a good amount of time. I'm getting views on three, four-year-old videos that I did. There's some that still get, 50, 60, 70 views a week because people discover those later on. And the great thing about the firearms world is there's a gun that may have come out a few years ago and there's a pretty good chance they're still selling that. And a pretty good chance somebody might buy that same thing. So same way with knives and everything else. So if you can get a good review or a good informative video out there that people can come back to and that companies who want to work with you can see that you have experience. You know, you can present stuff well on the screen. You can talk about it well that you would be good at helping promote because we do work with brands. Obviously, that's one of the reasons we attend these shows is to work with companies. If we do a good job on a gun video that might have somebody take a look at that gun or that knife or that scope or whatever it is you have on the screen. Not that you're a shill or anything, but if you do a good job reviewing something and then it can be advantageous to the company that you're working with and stuff like that. And uh, 
So from a vitality of your channel and everything else, I think you have to have good static content out there. So I think that's probably my focus, if there had to be a focus. But I think, like I say, the the uh, travel leads to that and and then the live stuff is kind of my outlet at the end of the week that we can talk about that stuff and talk about more current topical information uh news that might be going on in the industry perhaps or something new that's coming out what do you think of it or why do you carry a revolver? Anything from one thing to another, just to kind of get a pulse on what the audience likes out there. So, and that's valuable too, because if you can produce stuff that you know people like to see, then you'll get more views. That just stands to reason. For sure. And, you know, it's like having a, what's it called? Like a, sample there's a name for that like uh when when they're marketing products or when they're figuring out products and they'll bring people in as a sample set um, but anyway it's like having a group you know a, a way to get some immediate feedback and right. i guess just some focus group focus group yeah perfect um so yeah so i appreciate that because those are that's definitely I think you kind of went through and described the, you know, again, those, why I just divided your, but you know, you're not unique. I think the people that do as much as you're doing, that's a way to divide up pretty much the efforts that we're putting out there uh, for most people, I think, or at least a lot of channels that are doing stuff out there. But, um, and it's probably changed over time, right? Like, obviously, when you start, you don't know where you're going, what you got potential to do, what you're going to like doing, what works, what doesn't, you know, what's hard, what's easy. So in 2023, though, though, and as you're looking forward with got time and effort and resources to do stuff, um, well, again, without going through all the different things again, would it be like, they're all three about even, or would it be one of them is getting uh, a significant bigger push or effort or whatever than the others, or is it all but one, or you know how do you, how would you set this equalizer? How would you describe the equalizer? Okay, could you ask me that again? I'm not sure I caught everything you're on there now. Okay, so I guess the real question is: you described all the variables and you know the decisions and the pluses and minuses of the three elements right but didn't really just the nuts and bolts of where are they on the on the spectrum if it's one to a hundred you know you got a hundred percent attention to spend on stuff which of these is is it 33 percent each of these is it one of them's taking a quarter and the other two are fighting for 75 percent you know how does the distribution to these three is it possible to, to describe that? Oh, if I just had to give you some wild numbers, I'd probably say, oh, I'd probably say at least 60% of my efforts need to be towards getting uh, static content out there and maybe twenty another 20% interaction 
you know, either attending shows or interaction with other companies and stuff like that. And then 20% or so towards getting the live show produced and everything else. And that's just throwing numbers out there. Really. Yeah. And again, this is the middle of the night and I appreciate you even being willing to do that. Cause this is, again, the, the show on Monday is to just to BS with you. We've chatted a million times, but not specifically about the nuts and bolts here, which I am a nerd. So I like to talk about this, but I'm also hoping that this, uh, incentivizes and influences uh encourages uh, inspires people to get involved like we're just regular people doing this part of it the fun of it is doing it i mean if this is drudgery if like the nuts and bolts of doing content is sounds like a labor or some kind of like chore then don't do it like we'd probably hate it right like you were saying before if you're not enjoying the life then don't do that but don't do the project if you don't want i mean you might feel it's important but go support somebody who's doing it you know support somebody who's doing really close to what you'd like to do but uh you know there's no obligation to do it but you're allowed to have fun just doing it right and i think you probably have more fun or you probably get further be more successful the more fun you're having with it so anyway that's i appreciate again that you're and i think the more you do it if you feel comfortable doing it you eventually get better at it uh yeah right that's the thing. The one thing that stopped me at the beginning was I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if anybody's going to want to view this, whether I'm doing it right. And you kind of learn, you need to learn how to speak clearly. You need to present yourself clearly, not be too wordy. And uh, if you have any luck at all, like I've been fortunate enough to have a group of friends that I hang around with on a fairly daily basis I have interaction with who will give me tips. Plus I also kind of, well, you steal from other people. You watch how they do stuff. It's like, I like how he did that. I'm going to do that in my video next time. I mean, it's not plagiarism so much as it's taking pointers from the people that you like to watch and say, well, can I do that? And by and large, I figured out that, for the most part, yes, I can. I might not be quite as slick as this XYZ channel or something like that, but I can produce something similar. And if I like it, chances are the people who watch my stuff might like it too. So, yeah, you do imitate things every once in a while when you see something that looks neat. It's like, I ought to do that. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, sometimes you try stuff and it's like, oh, okay, that didn't work. For me. Right. I've done that too. I'm going to do, do it different. Right. Yep. All right, so I appreciate that. And I'm looking over at the poll. It's got a bunch of votes now. So it came down to live community, 62% with the overwhelming majority. Gear reviews at 23%, not even one vote for event coverage. And then 15% something else, leave a comment. And I don't know if we got that many comments, so that's a little frustrating. But uh 62%. Well, I guess that makes sense. We're in a live conversation in the middle right. of the night. So I'm people not surprised by those at all. No. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm going to end that one. And I wanted to do that because while we still got the thing going, as a special bonus, uh, a lot of people charge extra if they're going to do more than one poll in a chat, but I'm not, <laughs> right? We got an arrangement with YouTube and we do these polls for free each night. And we're going to do another one here. Um, and I'll keep chatting here, but anyway, I'm gonna let I'm gonna ask Gizzard to uh to what's the word like 
what to react? What was uh, what do you think compared to the results there? Was it what you expected or? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I would expect. Uh, and I've got to think that the the sampling of the people that are probably watching this show by and large are the people who watch my live streams and stuff like that. Uh, the event, the event coverage. Yeah. Some of my, some of my friends watch that stuff, but it's going to be by and large, you're going to pick up a lot of people who've never watched your stuff before when you're doing event coverage, that's where you might snag new subscribers and new viewers. Cause you get a lot of people who have never watched your stuff before when you're doing stuff from like an industry show and stuff like that. So those probably aren't the people who are by and large are watching this live stream right now. So uh, yeah, they would be misrepresented here and I would expect most of the people in here do look to me for live community and I appreciate that. And, uh, I do take the live stuff I do very seriously. I know sometimes it looks like it's a mishmash of stuff, but uh, it is important to me. That's why I still do it. Uh, Worthwhile fun is out there. Uh, still awake. Says I need to do it. I need to do a test live video, and I think I'll still use the dog on camera. Uh, yeah, go ahead. That's uh, I think. Most of the time, this stuff is being done for podcast anyway, so audio. At least I like to think of it as going to podcast, because why not? It's super easy to turn it into a podcast. And then that gets it out to people who are driving, doing shift work, people that are in a giant. I know, at least right now, I know at least three people that work in a giant room that's uh, frozen all the time. And this one company that we used to work, I used to work at, would buy French fries for the 17, they probably have 20 something restaurants now. They'd buy the French fries all at one time because it's way cheaper than fluctuating, you know, buying the price of fries throughout the year. So they would, it was cheaper for them to build this giant room. And uh, they're working all night long in this giant freezing room in the middle of Tucson, you know, moving the French fries around for 17 different restaurants, getting stuff delivered, you know, moving things through a giant freezer. And they'd be working with headphones on underneath all that winter clothing, you know, moving stuff around all night. And uh, those are the folks that are out there listening to these things as podcasts. So I think of it as an audio thing. Those who I'm, that's who I'm chatting to is the people that are out there doing stuff. And then we know people, we just talked about your single shot, uh, people out there driving. And man, can you even imagine back in the day you had our bell in the middle of the night to listen to driving. But the rest of the time, it was horrible driving. I don't know. Is there if you drove a lot of a lot back in the day when there were there were times I did, yeah. Light. And uh, if you I did. could find something interesting that would go on for a couple hours, a conversation like that, it would definitely make time fly by. Yeah, it was cold, like, right? Because usually yes. it was like you're susceptible to this kind of church thing, this kind of country music, this kind of who knows what, like it was, it was all kinds of stuff across the board on AM radio driving around. Anyway, so it's just uh, kind of uh, uh, going back to the idea that uh, I think of it as, as an audio thing. So yeah, I don't think people care at all. 
Is That's one of the challenges, though, of doing a live stream. And if you're going to produce a podcast, which I do, I produce my show on podcast every week. So I have to be conscious of that. And it's difficult when you do a segment of my program where there's pictures on the screen. Because if you just show pictures and don't comment about them, the people on the other end on the podcast end where they can't see the pictures are going to be like, what's he talking about? I don't want to listen to this, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I try to do it. And I probably don't do the best job of it. And hopefully people call it, call us out when we when we do miss it. But uh, yeah, it's just considerate for people that aren't viewing it, right, to describe what's on the screen. But you're right. Uh, we do definitely like right now we've got the list on the screen and I hesitated on whether or not I should read it. We just kind of figured the people that would be listening have already heard it or and know it's on the list. Essentially. We also know if I could throw this out there, we also know of uh, people out there that are on YouTube that are visually impaired. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Uh, we know some of them very well out there in our community, so we want to be able to serve them too. So we have to keep that in mind when we do this stuff. But uh, definitely um, interested to see the, the more ladies online live. I'm not saying that's a barrier they haven't conquered because there's definitely been ladies in our conversations, and I know there's been ladies otherwise online, and there's tons of girls in the gaming realm. But uh, as far as just getting more and more, I want to say like diversity of opinions and conversations and stuff with the, the girl points of view, always a good idea. Yeah. All right. So I have another poll to put out there. I don't know how much time Gizzard's got. It's the middle of the night. We're about to hit two hours. So I appreciate everybody's for spending time on this. Um, but like I say, I like to nerd out on this stuff. So. Um, but I, I do have another poll. This one's a little bit more for fun and to poke at DJ, who may or may not still be out there. Um, I mentioned the all caps people before. So here's the thing. Here's the question. Are the people that are typed in all caps, are they the loud guy who has to speak louder than everybody all the time and is always cutting people off as the loud guy? Or, which seems kind of obvious, right? Or are they the close guy who's always right up next to you? And if they got to sit close, they're going to sit right close next to you. And they're always right in there a little bit too close to everybody else, right? The close guy. Or are they the guy that touches you all the time? Are they the toucher? Come up, touch you on the back and tell you whatever they're going to tell you. Touch you on the hand and tell you whatever they're going to tell you. Touch you on the leg and tell you whatever they're going to tell you. Are they the touchy guy? Or are they something else? And if there's something else, you got to comment. You're not allowed to not comment on this one. So where do you... Put the all caps person in one of these seats, or do you give them someplace else to sit? I voted on the loud guy. I mean, it seems like the obvious, but I know that some people aren't the loud guy. But I mean, you've dealt with this. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we haven't talked tech here. You got into guns when you were later on. <clears throat> I guess got into recreational exploring guns and just buying them for different uses. Uh, I just assumed you've been into computers for a long time, too. Like, how long have you been a computer person? If for people that don't know, Gizzards is a job that you recently retired from is a tech job. So definitely a tech person. Probably since the mid-90s. I We had a personal computer in our house in 94, and I got internet service in 97 when it was available in our small town. So quite a while. It's been 
25, 26 years. Yeah. I worked in IT for 21 years. Right on. And then <clears throat> you've been online, like you just said, for a long time too. So the, the all caps thing is definitely, I think Roy hit it 100%. He said, I think all caps guys are just not tech savvy and they're not figuring it out. They're like new. And that's 100%, right? I think that's what it is, is that most every time you see somebody typing, typing in all caps, they just think it's cool. I definitely know I thought it was cool. And it took everybody at AOL yelling at me until I had to quit it. But I had to like I had to be forced to quit it. So I get it. I understand it 100%. And I don't think I'm the loud guy or one of those other things. But uh, I just thought it was cool. But And I think there's something to it because you can't misunderstand an I and an L when it's all capital. But, you know, maybe that's yeah, my dyslexia or whatever. But some people don't like messing with all the capitalization and stuff like that. And I've known people who, when they write down stuff on a piece of paper, they write it in all caps. It's just the way they, yep. they write because it's easier for them. It's not that I, they don't know how to use all the different letters. It's just an easier way for them. And on the internet, unfortunately, people have been accustomed to, if somebody's typing in all caps, it's a matter of emphasis. And exactly. it, does, it annoys a lot of people. I'm sorry. <clears throat> no, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Is it, they just don't realize that it pisses everybody off. They do after a while. Once you're reading the internet for any length of time, I think people self-correct. And I know it because nobody really types in all caps ever, unless they're pissed, right? right. So people on to figure out it's essentially yelling on the internet. I just think it takes a minute for people to figure it out. But that's the thing. If someone's doing it now in 2023 and they're not brand new, then, you know, that's really the... You know, this is a fun question. We were just playing around, but then that's the real question. You know, then are they doing it for you know for some reason, or is it whatever? I mean, I've Otherwise, had people, people I've had people do it in foul territory before, and usually I don't have to correct them because half a dozen people in the text chat have already jumped on. <laughs> don't type in all caps, <laughs> or they'll say, but, "Quit yelling at me." <laughs> that's most of the time, say. they don't realize that they've done anything wrong it's like oh i'm sorry i didn't know that and then they'll stop most of the time so well i think also until you know until you i think you could probably be online in 2023 for a length of time for a while and never have anybody do it because not that many people do it and then your caps could go on or somebody else's caps lock could go on and you don't even realize and you're typing away and then somebody will say quit yelling or like quit it and then you'll go, wait, what? Why, is, why, is, why does anybody care? And then you might go, oh, wait, you know what? It was actually kind of hard to read that. Yeah, uh, it happens on phones a lot. They'll get stuck on caps lock and stuff. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I guess I'm on the wrong screen. But it looks like uh, Library Garrett, long time no see. Thank you very yeah. much for the super chat. Very much, thank you very much for that. Um, said loud noises. Uh, exactly. And again, one of the people who I know is uh, typically driving, listening to the show, uh, either live or as a recording. Um, and then Worthwhile Fun had said passive aggressive. And I guess that's really what I was kind of poking fun at with the uh, my three things over there is just those people that are 
intentionally or not. I don't know if people are always intentionally, but I think that's the way to describe it, passive aggressive, whether, you know, that tendency or that characteristic or whatever it is. Oh, there are some like that, yeah. Uh, so, well, actually, you know what? No, we do know. They don't do it, I guess. But I know at least two or three people that hang around in the group that nobody would bug them about it. They'd type in all caps. You know what I mean? They just dig it. They think they didn't dig it. Um, going back to Gunpowder Beauty, who definitely is getting her beauty sleep at this point because I don't think she's been around for a bit. Uh, but earlier in the evening, she had asked, if you could have an interview with any person, right, if you could have any interview with a person or company, who would it be and why? Hmm. I'm going to from the screen. That's an interesting question. Because I've been thinking of doing some interviews with different people. <clears throat> I don't have a whole lot of contact, a whole lot of contacts of people that I could interview and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. it's an interesting question. I would, I think it'd be interesting to to have a riding shotgun with Charlie on the program and just let him be on the receiving end of questions for a half hour or so. And I've watched so many of his shows where he asks a question. <laughs> I think it'd be interesting to have him. Uh, another person who I'm going to corner someday and get an interview with would be definitely Rebecca Schmoy, who I'm going to see here in a couple days. So, I'm going to talk in and in, in Indiana. Right? Yes, mm -hmm. because uh, she'd be very interesting because her life has taken so many turns in the last year or so, and she's kicking butt up there in the Kansas State Legislature. I just kind of like to kind of like to get her ear for half hour, an hour or so one of these days when she's not real, real busy. And I'm sure there's plenty of others. Those are just a couple that come to mind right now. I don't know. I was going to say both of those. I mean, I don't know Rebecca, but I definitely know Charlie. Did uh, you get to meet Charlie at shot? Yes, I did. He actually found me. I was walking down an aisle, and I heard somebody say, "Hey, Gizzard Gary," and I looked, and he said, "He said Charlie Cook riding shotgun with Charlie." It's like I didn't know you knew who I was. <laughs> he knew who I was, and he picked me out of the crowd, come shook my hand, and talked to me for three or four minutes. It was great. So yeah, I did get to meet him. See, so that's one of those things where if you go live and you're in videos and stuff, right? You're a, so you're, you're not a celebrity. I guess that's the wrong word, but maybe it is the right word. I don't know, but you know, you're a, you become a personality of you know, people. You become part of your brand. Right? Mm -hmm. you're, you yourself become part of your brand. Then that's a thing. And you know, that that's going to, you, you're always going to have the, uh, you know, you don't know you're, you're, What's the word? Like you you don't know if someone knows you or not, and they may or may not. And that's just something that running the channel and stuff is uh, 
it's a consequence of running a channel, right? So it's it's cool once in a while, but then you don't know when it's not cool, I guess is the question. Like you don't know when when it's working against you and you don't know when it's working for you unless the person comes up and says like, oh, I know who you are, jerk, and then walks away or like, oh, I know who you are and puts their hand out, glad to meet you. <laughs> but no, it's always... It's always great to meet some of the people as I get to different things, SHOT Show and NRAM and get to actually have conversations with people because I feel like I feel like I'm part of, you know, what we all do and stuff like that. And they're not up on a pedestal. They're just kind of people like me that are trying to reach an audience and stuff like that. And, uh, spread the word and we're all doing it in different ways and stuff like that. It's kind of nice to be considered part of that group. I'm honored whenever anybody, you know, meets me like that and shakes my hand or I get a chance to talk to them. It's kind of humbling, but uh, it's nice. Yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, I, from my position, it's, I think it's neat that, more than neat. I think it's strategically important and valuable. So I want to say thanks again. I get sick of that, but uh, um, the playing field could be where the fifth, the fifth, fourth, fifteenth, whatever. It's hard to say because he ditches himself off the list for some reason. I guess when you write the lists, you can ditch yourself off the list. But Bloomberg, you know, pays people high-level people who work at marketing companies to act like grassroots on the one side and that's the that's the adversary right that's the people that are working against us and that's what we could have we could have people with twenty-six thousand dollars suits only and i don't think anybody would want to have those scenarios right so uh then the people that are out here doing it and uh facilitating the way things are happening and the way the awareness is getting out there. Uh, anyway, I think that's uh, um, super valuable. I kind of gotten lost there on where I was going, but uh, let's see. So I wanted to put Baron's comment up here. Um, yeah, sorry about that. I was saying thanks for, for contributing. And then I, Last where I was going with the end of that one. So I'm going to skip topics here. Go over to Baron, who had earlier said uh, uh, thanks to DJ, who was thanking him for putting out the uh, gift memberships. That's the word I'm looking for. So thanks again for that. And that's essentially a super chat. Uh, it's just that it's kind of sharing the super chat with a bunch of people in a way. Um, then earlier and again woods is gone now but uh woods had said gary is 100 percent a leader in the community leading by example is a leader still and uh, i forget what we were talking about there with the leaders and stuff but um again just the fact that you're participating it gives people a, a room to join and it gives people a table to set at and it also inspires them that you know they can be part of it too that oh it's approachable it's it's a thing that anybody can be a part of it's a thing that's possible to do you know as a 
retired person, as a person who's doing it as a hobby, as a person who's doing it uh, at the semi-pro level, I'd say. I don't know. Do you consider yourself a semi-pro? I suppose that's fair if you have to put a label on it. <laughs> I mean, there's some people, people are going to put labels on it, but I'm thinking uh, I wouldn't say you're 100% you know, like everything's getting paid for by, that's where you call professional and everything's getting paid for by the projects, I guess. But uh, I don't know if you have to be going towards that to be, you know, in that realm. But the fact yeah. that you're creating professional looking content, I think is a element of it too. I don't think you have to be, the goal has to be professional getting paid for it but if it looks like you know polished and well done and it has some i don't know boundaries and direction rather than just chaotic you know here it is and putting it out there and leaving it which is fine too i mean obviously a lot of the gun channel stuff was just here it is do it you know it'll be what it is anyway rambling here it's getting late um so thanks to woods for that and i don't know what gizzard what you're going to say i mean it's more of a compliment than anything, but I wanted to address yes, thank that. Thank you. Um, but I think this other last one I had starred is you've kind of already mentioned it adjacent, or you either directly said it or talked about it. But I was going to ask earlier, I didn't want to interrupt you. And I forget if I had a specific thing in mind here, but I'm going to ask it as I made the note to myself here. Uh, what's the direction going to be with the knife project or? with the other YouTube channel, which is at this point been predominantly knife, but I don't think it's going to be a knife channel. So I shouldn't look that way, but what's the other projects direction? And if you've already addressed this, maybe you don't have to say it all again, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't know specifically direction just to continue what I'm doing and to get better at it. Like I say, there's still a lot of things I need to learn and stuff like that, but I would like to expose more people to what's out there, maybe get them interested in <clears throat> knives and flashlights that, you know, that not everybody has and stuff like Let them know what products are out there and why people like them. You know, it's like, well, why do people have these? You know, why would I want one and stuff like that? So maybe if I can give them information on that. So if they want to make an informed decision, maybe give them a basis to do that rather than just because this is, you know, this guy, Jim Bob, I follow on YouTube and he says, buy this. So I bought it. Maybe give them, here's why you might want it and stuff like that. Um, so it's that kind of thing, you know, to be helpful. I think, that's the reason we do it more than anything else is for anything we do is for it to be helpful and something that you like to look at and something that you come up, you come away from it, knowing something maybe you didn't know before and it might help you. Oh yeah, maybe I need to get this one versus that one. Cause this one has this gadget and this one doesn't. That's why I went on that one. So, uh, Hopefully, if you follow me along on that journey, we can we can learn and make some informed decisions about things. And that's basically why we're out there. Why does Gizzard use this particular 
backup battery. Why does Gizzard use this tripod? You know, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and uh, so maybe if they wanted to get some of the gear that I've gotten or some of the other reviewers have gotten, you know, get some ideas of what's out there and stuff like that. So that's basically the direction I'm going with it. Right on. Worthwhile fun added here that uh, speaking of Bloomberg, she did her first TV interview on public on the public transport, no, public transit carry bill. So in Missouri, where she's at, they're trying to restrict carry on public trans transit. I think I'm explaining that correctly. Right now it is legal, but they're trying to prohibit it. And she's been going to testify against that prohibition. I think it is going through, unfortunately, if I understand it correctly. Anyway, she goes on to say, it aired tonight and I was the only woman, woman shown or quoted and no mom's demand. Uh, and I believe that's the fist bump thingy there. So yeah. uh, definitely you're great. getting a fist bump from both of us because that's awesome. And that's, that's again, great. value your voice. That's a lady who's going to the uh, capital, which we've established as Jefferson City for some reason, and uh, two and a half hour drive each way on her own time, on her own dime, and shows up and is part of the process, right? A civic, I hate to say obligation, it's an opportunity, right? It's a civic responsibility. I don't know if it's, a, it's definitely a responsibility. I don't know if it's an obligation, but it's, it's an opportunity. We all have the potential to go take advantage of the system, but very few do. So the people that are doing it in our favor are much appreciated. And in this case, her effort was rewarded that the Bloomberg side who would normally pay someone to be there and sometimes pay a lot of people to be there to make it frustrating for us and make it seem overwhelming, they weren't there. So this is definitely a win for our side if um, Susan's effort was the effort that was you know, promoted or illustrated on the TV show. It's pretty awesome. She said it was at St. Louis television station too. Yeah, I think I think we need more of that. We need to we need to reach out to people and we need to use our voice and stuff like that if you know that's part of part of uh like when i joined gun channels and you said you know yes you can watch content or you could become part of the content and you could also have your voice out in front of people so a lot like this you know interviewing people that's if you've got the if you've got the nerve to do that, you're helping to spread the word, you know, rather than wondering why somebody's there. Now you're there, you're getting the word out and stuff like that. So the more that we get up and ask the right questions and to the right people and stuff like that and make it known, you know, we can't just, you know, why doesn't somebody speak up? We need to speak up. And, uh, uh, it's great, great that she did that. Kudos.
Sorry, I tried to jump in the other room there real quick. So oh, okay. uh didn't leave you hanging. There's no Jang in here. Um so worthwhile fund uh continued that uh she expected them to twist the word her words, which is a win. And right, so you can be the only one there, so you're gonna claim the 100% of the coverage, at least what they're willing to give you. But that's the one thing, right? Just because you're the only one there doesn't mean they've got to give you their full coverage. They could give you just a portion, say, oh, well, you know, nobody showed up. So that they even covered you, that's a win. And then again, they could have misinterpreted or inadvertently uh, misrepresented what you're saying. So that's a win. But then additionally, it sounds like then a reporter watched the hearing and reached out to her. So yeah, that's super awesome. And it turns out I'm saying it wrong. So it, the concealed carry or at least carry on public transportation is restricted now. And this would have been a bill to remove the infringement uh, and that, but I think I'm unfortunately correct that the bill is not gonna go through or it doesn't look like it's very likely, but at least it's an effort. And I think there's a lot of, uh, positive stuff to be gained and we can see some of that right now, right? The illustration of it right there where her effort to do this has given her awareness. So now every political strategist knows that she's there in Missouri to challenge whatever BS they're gonna put out and she's gonna be there fighting against them. So boom, they know that's happening, but uh, um, and for every one person who does that, there's probably a dozen more that's out there saying, I wished I'd have spoken up and stuff like that. So maybe she'll be an inspiration to somebody else next time. Well, I'm hoping that that, that, that her indication, she is the indicator that lets them know, well, maybe this isn't the way to, you know, this isn't the sure thing, the easy road that we thought we were going to get. But um, yeah, I appreciate her being there to, 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 to block the stuff that's there and to push for the stuff that um, we're trying to, uh, well, either I want to say remove, because some of it in this case we're trying to remove, but other stuff we're trying to get back, right? So the positive and the negative stuff that's going on out there. All right, so that was this one. Then the big question, uh, which you may have already answered, and it's late. So again, I probably appreciate everybody who's willing to stay up in the middle of the night to do this show for the people that are up doing stuff in the middle of the night that have to be, that get, you know, I like doing this show live for the people that are up overnight. I say that all the time, but I really do. Uh, so again, I appreciate the Patreons, uh, Gizzard has Patreons. I've got, or no, wait, oh shit, what am I saying? Gizzard does not have Patreons. I Gizzard do not. YouTube channel members. That's great. Uh, we don't have to get into all that, but people that know, know. But thanks to the people that subscribe to our projects, wherever you do that, because it makes it possible for us to do this, right? Uh, right? And it allows me to do this in the middle of the night. So I can spread out, do a show that's two and something hours, two and a half hours of not just focused on Gizzard. We're talking to Gizzard about the focus on, you know, being a small channel, being a growing channel, being a channel that's going from hobby to pro Sumer, I don't know what to call it, professional, like semi-pro, whatever the words are, like say if you gotta label it. But um because there's there's it's like uh 
like it's a hobby like a motorcycle or something if you're gonna have the hobby of a motorcycle that's great you bought a motorcycle and you're driving it around and then it's gonna break or something and now you got to fix it so unless you're independently wealthy you know it'd be nice to have somebody helping you out with fixing your motorcycle so if you're gonna drive around on your motorcycle and you're gonna have fun in some kind of a race or some kind of an endurance thing or some kind of a channel where you do whatever you're doing with your motorcycle but people come along and want to be part of that help you buy the parts for it. I mean, that's that industrious part of it, that capitalist part of it. That's what capitalism is, right? That's what the first amendment is. And that's what uh, business is like. That's all, that's all part of it. So if you can create something that's a hobby that pays for itself, that's super fun. And if you can create a hobby that pays for itself, that then creates income, then that's super fun too. And if you can do that, I think, because I just happen to know the players involved here, if that can be figured out, then people like, I don't know, let's say that there's a group of ladies out there that are on their own time and on their own dime, right, with their own time and money, doing things that are changing the face of gun ownership for those representatives who for a long time assumed that guns were represented by a guy in a $26,000 suit. Right. Like if we can harness these skills of creating channels that are financially stable and even making it worth your while, then that's the kind of skills that apply to a lot of people out there that are doing a lot of good work. So um, I don't understand the people that are against that concept or that element of a YouTube channel or of online content. But again, if you had a motorcycle and you were good at driving it, or somebody going to come up to you and go, you know, I don't think you're as good at driving that motorcycle as some people because you've got a sponsor because there's a patch on your jacket or there's a sticker on your helmet. You were pretty good until I seen that sticker on your helmet. Now I don't respect you as a driver or as like, you know, uh, I don't like your machine because you're getting help with putting gas in it. It just doesn't make any sense why people, you know, have an issue there. I don't know if you want to get into that stuff. I'm um, kind of ranting here in the middle of the night, but uh, the real question I was about to ask you there, and then again, you can address that part that I just ranted on there, but the question was, what do you consider a success? Uh, what what are the six, what do you, what, I'll just leave it at that. I won't, I won't ghost you too much here. What do you consider a success? From an overall standpoint, or I, I guess with your channel, with your projects, with your what you're going to be doing, like go maybe that's the way I should be asking it is going forward now that you've got a new set of opportunities and, and outlook on it and new new thing, you know, it's just a new channel, it's a new, uh, All right? I mean, I don't think you can measure it as far as an end goal in mind. I'm just fairly happy that after my channel was seemed to be fairly stagnant for a while that I'm seeing growth. I'm getting into some things I wasn't in before and getting moderate success at that and getting better and better at it each and every day. So I'm improving myself and improving the channel as a whole. Uh, I consider that success that I'm, I'm not stuck in a rut and that I'm not in an impasse as to what to do, that I'm still eager to learn and still gaining new skills and stuff like that, making new inroads with different companies and stuff like that. I consider 
that is success when what I'm doing seems to be producing results and stuff like that. And uh, um, to me, that's basically it. Like I say, I don't have a goal in mind. If I get to X number of subscribers, I'm done or, you know, that's where I want to be. I don't really have that. I just want to get better and grow the channel each and every day and uh, to keep it vital to me because this is, since I don't work, this is my hobby. This is what I've pretty much devoted my time to. So I definitely don't want it to be something that's a grind or something that I'm not good at or can't get any better at. So to me, success is just continuing to improve each and every day and get better and better at this. So in a nutshell, that's it. Are there any like new negatives that are sprouting up as things they keep acting like, you know, things are changing, but essentially if you don't know, if we haven't alluded to it, if I haven't specifically said it, Gizzard retired recently. So he just has way more time to devote to this stuff essentially. Right. So right. Is there any new negatives that are showing up? Uh, Maybe pitfalls that are different or are newly discovered or something. It's just that, to do an awful lot of the video work I need, I find myself needing to reorganize my studio and my apartment and stuff like that. And uh, uh, maybe a little bit better equipment here or there, but I'm, I'm learning that as we go. But uh, pitfalls, not really, not that I describe, but it's not, I had always envisioned retirement as a, relaxation time and I found out that's not really fulfilling in life just sitting and doing nothing you've got to have a purpose and so being able to concentrate on this channel and to get better at it gives me a purpose to where I have something I have something to look forward to when I get up in the morning and stuff like that so as long as I can continue to do that it's not taking up so much of my time that I don't have time to think. That's not the case at all. I still sleep fairly well at night. I'm not steadily going broke because of it or anything like that. So other than the fact it's like I can't just sit on my laurels. I've got to learn new stuff. And when I first come into it, it's like, can I do this? And then as I get into it, I find out just as I pretty much have about everything I've ever tried in my life, once I make up my mind to do it, I might be a little bit slow at getting on a game, but yeah, I can do it. So uh, yeah, that um, I'm enjoying what I'm doing, uh, getting a little bit better at it each and every day. And uh, so no, no regrets, no pitfalls. Right on. Well, I tell you what, I appreciate the uh, time again and being willing to jump in in the middle of the night and then saying it to everybody again, the people that are joining us, thanks for joining in. If you've got any last minute questions or something that I missed, uh, we have had a ton of comments out there. Uh, feel free to throw it up there again or let me know that I should go back and find it. Uh, but then uh, while I give people out there a chance to... Uh, in any last interactivity here with the chat 
uh, I'll ask Gizzard, uh, you know, you knew that we were going to be chatting here for a bit. Was there anything that I missed that you wanted to talk about or that you thought we were going to talk about that to bring up? I can't really think of anything, no. I think we've covered, you've given me probably way more than enough latitude to branch off and talk about this or that. So, no, I think we're good there. Right on. Well, thanks for doing it, because that's really what the point of this concept is, is to get people together on Mondays and, and dig in. Uh, usually the first conversation I have with people, I think of as their chance to just to give us uh, some insight into them and their projects or why they do their projects. So I ask just three questions. Who, just briefly, but really why they do what they do and then how they do what they do. So um, since we've already kind of done that, you know, we're kind of just getting into more of the hows and uh, a little bit of the whys, but um, I definitely have to get better at ending this thing. I do have some endings because I just keep saying thanks all night as I try to, I don't know, kind of go through a checklist, I guess, in my head. And I guess is what I'm trying to do. And, you know, oh, I should probably play a commercial. I probably should get this thing queued up. Uh, as I'm also trying to give people a chance to plug their stuff and then see if I miss any comments. Oh, you know what it was? I, I, I pulled your ending that I had on here down. And whenever I tried to put it back up again, it came up all tiny. So I don't know what I did. I messed around with it. Um, I don't do a very good job of keeping things like video intros and outros uh, tidy. Like I put them in a folder, but then... You know, I'll edit it and I'll have three edits of it. And I can't remember which one of the three edits is the good one. But uh, anyway, so I don't have your ending to this thing. But uh, as I get my stuff queued up here, what uh, do you got anything to plug? Do you got anything uh, coming up? What would be your, your exit? Well, I will be I will be attending the uh, NRA annual meeting in RAM this uh, weekend in Indianapolis, so I won't be having my live show on Friday this week. I'll be uh, driving out uh, on Thursday, <clears throat> be coming back on uh, Sunday, so uh, I'll try to get some content out while I'm there. So uh, check out my channel, kind of keep a keep an ear out there. Um, Otherwise, I'll be back with the with foul territory starting a week from this coming Friday. Again, that's at 9 p.m. Central. And uh, if you want to follow me on any social media, typically everything is Gizzard Gary. Uh, if you have any questions for me, you can email me at info, I-N-F-O, at gizzardgary.com. I'll be glad to uh, answer your questions if you have any. And, uh, of course, thank you for having me. It's always Always a pleasure to be on your show. Right on. Well, thanks. Well, you've been a co-host officially, and you know you're always invited when we throw stuff up there. And then you you jump in, you participate when it's in the links out there. So uh, thanks for jumping in. You bet. Uh, dang, I was gonna say something here. Um, oh, the uh, I'm over here sewing, so I'm a little bit. Uh, distracted because I'm, I don't, I normally have a screen open where I can watch the machine in the other room and I'm just listening to the noise in the other room tonight to hear if it stops or whatever. I'm just sewing off some patches. But um, one of my projects, and I debated doing that tonight, was to, uh, uh, I don't know if I still have the file that I originally did a gizzard patch with back in the day, but 
or if I can find that. And but anyway, I was going to make a gizzard patch without the gun on it for your new channel, and then be able to send you a couple of those. But then we had talked, and uh, I do appreciate that you're always posting the links to the gear website store when you do your live shows. And uh, I was going to say uh, to the folks out there, if you want to use the code gizzard, I have to. Well, we're going to do gizzard, right? Is the code? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, but whatever, we'll come up with the code, and I've got to set that up in there. I might have done it, actually. I don't remember. I know I set somebody's up. But I'm going to do it for barbecue and for gizzard. You guys are always posting uh, links to the to the store. So essentially, once I get a design made, it'll be a gizzard. The first one, at least, will be a gizzard uh, logo without the gun for his knife channel. And uh, what'll happen is when you use the code gizzard, buying stuff at the gear website store, in addition to all the other stuff you're going to buy and then get for free, that code will get you additionally a gizzard patch. And uh, that way uh, I, I'm trying to figure out a way to do them so that every time somebody uses the code that also triggers one going over to gizzard. So he's got them as giveaways also um, so that I can, and encourage sales at the store, but also say thanks to Gizzard for helping create sales at the store. So anyway, thanks for being willing to be, uh, again, patient and, and uh, willing to let me be uh, kind of fumble around trying to figure this stuff out as I get used to the machine. I, I just, for example, reason I'm, uh, it's difficult to, to get this stuff started as I started doing like four patches at a time, six patches at a time on the machine so that, you know, it's more practical. You know, like let's say the gizzard patch is going to be three colors or two colors even. Uh, instead of doing white, then orange, then white, then orange, then white, then orange on a machine where I have to change the color all the time, it's smarter to do six whites and then six oranges, right? Well, right. now I'm discovering when I do that, that they start to interact with each other. So the material is essentially a giant net or a giant, you know, net really just a tightly woven net so as you start to poke a million holes into it over here it misshapes the net over there or at least it puts a weird tension on it so by the time you start to put the gun down you know you've done all the whites you've done all the oranges that gun starts floating all over the place sometimes it's on his face and sometimes it's on his feet and sometimes it's over by his tail you know so i'm finding out that there's other things involved here than just oh lay it lay down six on the same piece of fabric so um as I forget that it all figured out, then it'll be easier to say like, oh yeah, everybody, you know, I, I can start sending Gizzard a bunch for the giveaways and stuff. But I appreciate again, the people that are uh, willing to kind of let us be creative with this stuff and play around. So anyway, that'll be coming, I should say, but essentially, eventually, once it's uh, up and running, you'll be able to use the code Gizzard over there and then you'll get a free patch and then that'll also supply, you'll be supplying Gizzard patches to give away on his shows. Very that cool. Was the last thing I was going to talk about. All right. And then with that, <clears throat> say thanks for showing up. I'll throw a quick commercial up for the store and we'll be back tomorrow to do two A Tuesday. And stay stick around because we can chat a little bit about I want to say also thanks for uh people out there don't care, but thanks to Gizzard for showing me by a click of a split switch the other week, I think last week sometime. Uh, Gizzard uh, showed me something that I had been 
blind to for a while and uh, could be very lucrative. So thank you very much for waking me up to something that I was not aware of. You're we welcome. All got uh, we'll definitely be talking about that on a future Tuesday show with, with uh, Clover, I'm sure. Okay, with that, we'll wrap this one up and see you tomorrow. Gearwebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is free patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at Gearwebsites.com. Oh, you know what? I'm going to say, wait a second at the end here, for uh, worthwhile fun. If you're still out there, I probably should have said it earlier, but if you'd like to join me on a Monday show, I'm sure everybody would be more than interested to hear uh, your stories. So uh, if you're awake and this is something you'd be interested in, or uh, I'll do it earlier in the day. No problem on my end to move it up to a reasonable hour. But I just wanted to throw that out there if you happen to still be listening. Okay, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Oh, I